hello and welcome to episode number 285 of the Plain Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings. Carlos is here and joining me in the PTUK studios this week. He's back from his holidays in the wonderful part of the country called Yorkshire. It's Matt Smith. Hello, everyone. Did you miss me? <laughs> Yes, okay. to be to be blatantly obvious, uh, to you know, to put it <laughs> to be blatantly to, obvious. Yeah, yeah okay. we did miss yeah. you. Well, um, thank you very much. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I will say, Matt, I had the, I had the pleasure of looking after Matt's cat while he was away, Matt. And uh, you, Matt, honestly, if you if anyone ever gets to meet Matt's cat, it is awesome. She's right, such a good okay. girl, and she, yeah, she uh, she looked after us last week. Uh, yes, uh, yes. But, uh, how was uh, how was Yorkshire? Uh, Yorkshire was. Uh, um, Wet, I think that's probably the best way to describe it. <laughs> I thought you had good weather last week. Uh, no, sadly not. So we had like the odd dry. I sh- uh, uh, Nev, if you could perhaps just br- briefly describe to everyone why Carlos is so distracted this evening, I would be eternally grateful. Oh, yes. Well, we just had the last 20 minutes of him trying to check in to his Ryanair flight. To <laughs> uh, as I mentioned in the chat room, I could have actually sorted out Brexit in the, the time that it's been taken. Careful, that's a very rude word. Uh, but. Um, <laughs> So, have you actually checked in yet, Carlos? I, I'm just in the process of um, uh, utilising uh, Matt's um, debit card, which I shall hold like that. Um, <laughs> oh, panic! Because uh, Matt's Matt's very kindly paying for my uh, priority. Apparently, seat. I'm paying for his flight. Uh, okay. I don't know what's He's going paying, on. Paying for the seat. Right. Okay. Um, the, the, the bare fact is that I tried to book in online. Well, I have booked in online. I've checked in online with our seats for Sunday's flight to Malta, and. Uh, the the fact of it is the uh, allocate the randomly allocated seating uh, which they kindly gave me put me uh, roughly where the APU unit sits on uh, the 737-800 uh, and Gemma and my mother uh, were virtually sitting in the uh, the radome at the front of the aircraft so uh, Matt's very kindly uh, paying for me to upgrade myself to a seat that's Nearer the flight deck, so I, at least I, I can go and pester the. I, I yeah, should, I should yeah, pester. The, I should just stress that the fact he's only put he's only putting himself in a more comfortable position. I should just stress <laughs> that he's not. Poor Gemma is uh, going to sort of be so you know what over the wing or something silly. And uh, yeah, so it looks like uh, it looks like we've lost Carlos for most of the show. How are you, Nev? You all right, mate? <laughs> oh yeah, it's been a, a good week, and uh, I've been to Helsinki and back. Mm. Uh, week i haven't been to finland since uh, 2006 and it was fantastic and i'll be talking a little bit more about that trip later on uh, so um yeah really good uh, really good time there works very busy uh, lots of stuff going on so uh, yeah all is well thank you very much Good, good. Uh, good news, uh, everyone. Carlos has successfully managed to do whatever it is he was trying to do with yes. my card. Thank, uh, thank you, Matt. That's very kind of you. <laughs> Always a pleasure. I'm now sitting no nearer way. the flight deck. So right, that's good. Okay. Right. So, I mean, actually, um, actually, all jokes aside, yeah. I mean, if I was Gemma and your mum, the first thing I want to do was to be in a row as far away from you as humanly possible. Well, they are relatively <laughs> close to each other. I mean, Gemma's, I think she's in row, did I say eight? And mum's in Something row like nine, that. right? And I'm in row two. <laughs> oh. uh, anyway, um, is, is that is that like like with BA where it's like you know like like first class or something? yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. Seat okay. What, seat one A on a Ryanair <laughs> yeah. air, air, airplane is uh, is extra legroom. Is it right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So uh, welcome everyone who's joined us uh, today for the live show. Uh, loads of all the usual family members joining us in YouTube tonight. So welcome to everyone who has 
taking time out of their Friday night to join us tonight. So we've got loads of stuff coming up in tonight's show. As Nev said, we've got the return of Nev's passenger experience, I know, I'm which so I am really looking forward to because it's all about the A350. Uh, we've also got uh, another of our interviews from Biggin Hill. What's that one this week, Matt? That's... Uh, Oh, the two, stu two student pilots, isn't it? It from, is indeed. Uh, yeah, so it's Joshua and Alan of the EPG, yeah. uh, EFG Flight Training School. And uh, we've also Biggin got Hill. a special uh, video, well, a sort of picture and audio segment sent in to us from Dr. Steph and, and Auntie, Auntie Liz. Liz. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got that coming up as well. So it's a massively jam-packed yes, show. Very busy. Yes, we, we are, however, missing one very important yes, member of the team. Uh, apologies this no week for those of you who may have noticed that Armando is not with us this evening, but he's got a very, very, very good excuse for not being with us this week because he is on his way to the reno air races oh, so we're, we're all we're all not jealous at all right about that so uh, armando if you're listening i'm sure you will be at some point have a great time and uh, we're looking forward to uh, all the well, all the I, feedback. I bet he brings back some videos he, i think yeah, he will. yeah yeah absolutely yeah. <laughs> So uh, we uh, can have a quick date and time check. So it is the 6th of uh, September, and uh, time's just coming up to five past seven on this Friday evening. So, uh, yes, we're whittling through the year now. Is, is summer over yet? Are we, are, oh, yes, no, we were officially in, I should stress, meteorological uh, autumn okay, now. Okay, yeah. right, okay. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I sound really posh. My fr one of my friends is a meteorologist, no, so uh, that's it. Anyway. So we are going to start the show then, uh, as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, Matt. I am, yes. And if you're ready, Nev. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, Richard King says, I only tuned in for Armando. I'm off. Right, yeah. who's our blue spanner of uh, death this week? Um, anyway, yes, carry on. <clears throat> um, so the first news story is on skynews.com this week. And uh, we obviously talk each week normally about pa uh, passengers getting drunk on aircraft. This, uh, this is, well, kind of a, a, an overview of uh, this particular subject. And the headline on this story, nearly 450 airline passengers arrested on suspicion of being drunk in the last two years. So nearly 450 airline passengers have been arrested over the last two years. Figures have been revealed by the police. Intoxicated travellers who sexually abused staff urinated in public and were too drunk to fasten their own seatbelts were among those being held in an investigation by the, uh, by the police, the Associated Press has found. Uh, the figures have uh, emerged as a woman who was arrested at Southend Airport after allegedly attacking an EasyJet crew member on board. And also figures obtained through Freedom of Information requests show at least 245 people were arrested on suspicion of being drunk at UK airports between the 1st of April 2017 and the 31st of March 2019. Further 204 arrests were made uh, uh, relating to alleged drunkenness on planes. Figures from the police forces uh, have given that information and revealed that the ages of those detained range from 20 to 58 years old. The most arrests on aircraft uh, on airports were made at the UK's busiest airport Heathrow uh, with 103 people held over that two-year period. This was followed by Gatwick where 81 people were held, Glasgow 47 were held and Liverpool Airport there were 40 arrests. 
Uh, requests for information were sent to the 16 forces, police forces, which cover Britain's 20 busiest airports. And the true number of drunk passengers arrested will almost certainly be higher, uh, as the three forces, including Greater Manchester Police, did not provide figures uh, within the time limit. Passengers convicted of being drunk on uh, flights face a maximum of £5,000 fine, or Ouch. up to two years in prison. Uh, the sale of alcohol, once a passenger has gone through the International Airport Security in England and Wales, is not regulated by licensing laws. This means that rules designed to stop alcohol sales to already drunk passengers and prevent uh, irresponsible promotions do not apply to them. A Home Office consultation on whether legislation should be amended closed in February, but no decision has been announced. So it's uh, safe to say that uh, one thing you shouldn't do is be drunk on a plane. We all no. know that. And also, uh, it does provide quite shocking figures, I think, really, um, for this kind of thing. But we obviously see this happen on a regular basis. Yeah. Did, did you have a little tipple before you flew, uh, Nev? A little, little gin? A little uh, bit of... Scott? Uh, well, no, because it was quite early in the morning uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> last week. Although, I have to say, it doesn't stop some of my fellow travellers, because when I took a very early flight to Edinburgh the other week, there was lots of people in the uh, weather spoons, I think it was, oui. uh, hitting <laughs> up, as they say, uh, mm. all before, you know, quarter to six in the morning. So they're accompanying their nice fried English breakfast with several pints of lager. I must admit, and you know, I mean, I'm not really a drinker at all. But when, when I've gone on holiday, I mean, I have quite often had a pint of cider like at six a.m. for no other reason than because I can. <laughs> uh, not, you know, it's, uh, having said that, I don't think I've ever got like unruly uh, mm. on on the plane, you know. But it, I, I guess it's one of those. But I mean, we we cover stories like almost every week now, don't we? You know, one week it's Ryanair, the next week it's Jet Two. With the, you know, then you get an easy jet job. You know, it's, it's a, I must admit, it does seem to be Ryanair and easy uh, Ryanair and, and Jet Two that perhaps is where we're getting the coverage from. Certainly, although mm. I, I was watching, um, I've forgotten the name of the program now, but it's like Airport Dubai or whatever it was. Obviously, and there's lots of Emirates uh, bits and pieces in there. And that, that, I don't know whether it was just a specific program that was sort of following the the you know the disruptive passengers element. But I mean, even the the big carriers have their their issues when it comes to you know unruly and very drunk passengers so i suppose it, I, I guess we just hear more about it um with the low-cost airlines perhaps just because of who they are yeah i think the other thing is that the we used to say that why don't the, the check-in staff you know uh, deal with all this but of course people aren't checking in at the desk like they used to they're checking in online they're getting their boarding pass so the first that you know about it really is when they're getting on the aircraft when they're showing their boarding passes at that point so uh, they could have um, tanked up quite nicely before they even get to the gate so mm. uh, yeah this is well one of these days there's going to be a, 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 a ruling of some sort i think where they're going to have to restrict this because this is just getting worse and worse and i have to say it is a particularly british problem yeah as well. yeah is it though or is it just that we're aware of it because of it being us i mean do uh, they have no, a similar problem we, in uh, germany uh, and I don't think that as much. I think the British sadly have a bit of a reputation now. Uh, yeah. 
Absolutely. Well, we've got a couple of people in the chat room who are our cabin crew. Perhaps they may be in a in a better position to sort of advise us in that. I mean, I guess it is mainly in, I don't know, I mean, we, we're aware of it because, you know, we hear the stories because we are in, in England or, or the UK, sorry. Um, it'd be interesting to sort of see really... Um, I don't know, but I mean, do the other na national na nations have a similar problem? You wouldn't do that. I think don't think you get the problem in Dubai or. Um... Well, yeah, but you say that. But as I say, I was watching a program, as I say, uh, on National Geographic, and I've forgotten the name of the program, but it was really fascinating. Uh, that was basically it was essentially like you know I don't know UK's biggest airport or something like that, and because of where it was, it was predominantly uh, Emirates flights that were going in and out of there. And um, I mean, I watched about twenty minutes of it, and three items of of said uh, coverage of that day were about unruly passengers who were either too drunk or were being abusive because of alcohol or, or whatever. So, I mean, I, I don't... I say, it's just, just curious. I mean, as I say, we've got the reputation for it, but is it is it justified is, is uh, what I'm asking. I think we asked Amanda before, and I don't think, I don't think they have a, that, such a, a big problem in the US with this kind of thing, but um, perhaps our US listeners would uh, point us in the right direction mm. if this is an issue within the US. But So moving on to the next story, Matt, a, uh, obviously... A Ryanair story, and right, uh, just for a bit, of a, bit of a troubling um, headline uh, right, for, okay. for these passengers. So, I mean, first of all, we should just stress that this story is on the Sun newspaper, sun.co.uk, where we like to go for all of our aviation-related news, and the headline is boarded up. Uh, Ryanair deliberately locked passengers in airport stairwell while flight took off with their bags on board. Hmm. Right, I'm, I'm, I'm already smelling a rat, but uh, there we are. Perhaps that's just, that's just me. Uh, a group of Ryanair passengers claimed the airline locked them up in an airport stairwell while their flight took off without them. To add insult to injury, the plane had all their belongings on board, a major security breach. So the passengers were scheduled to fly from Edinburgh to, to Krakow in, uh, on Monday afternoon on flight FR6624, but a number of travellers had failed to board the flight despite clearing security. Instead, they were allegedly locked in a stairwell by staff. One passenger on board claimed that around 30 people were left behind. He tweeted, first tweet, Ryanair FR6624 decided to just take off without over a dozen passengers, including me, what the... <clears throat> Hashtag Ryanair at Ryanair. Uh, later he added, sorry, I just counted 30 people. Ryanair doesn't even have a desk at Edinburgh, so poor Swissport need to deal with this. A video from the scene showed frustrated passengers uh, crowd around the boarding gate while staff tried to placate them. Uh, the stranded passengers were allegedly not told about what happened and claimed that they only found out that they had been left behind when some of them checked the flight status online. And the departing gate... Uh, the the departing flight had all their check bags on board, which represents a major security breach. According to UK aviation security regulations, if a passenger checks in a piece of hold baggage, the airline must ensure that the individual who checked in the bag travels with that bag. Uh, in order for check bags to fly without the name passenger on board the flight, which is allowed under circumstances, uh, the bag must go through additional security checks. Mark Henderson, who was jetting off on honeymoon, told Daily Record, we were all stunned because there was no way that Ryanair staff didn't know that we were not on board. Staff had um, had uh, came through 
uh, us uh, then got on the plane locking us behind them mark accused the airline of making of making their takeoff slot a priority although this was not confirmed by the airline anyway i'm not going to read any more of that story you get the gist here um certainly does seem to be of a security issue if indeed the plane did take off with their belongings on board um, uh, slightly frustrating that there's no uh, no comment really from Ryan. I'm just having a quick scan through here to see if there was any official. Uh, oh, hang on. A Swiss port spokesperson said that we can confirm that we are investigating a boarding issue on a flight from Edinburgh to Krakow, where the flight departed without all passengers on board. We apologise to the passengers for the inconvenience caused, and we are working closely with the airline to establish what went wrong. All passengers were given a complimentary refreshment. Oh, yay! Uh, and uh, were booked onto an alternative flight later that day. A spokesperson for Edinburgh Airport said that this is an issue for Ryanair and Swissport and they are carrying out an investigation to find out what happened. We are pleased that Ryanair responded quickly by putting on an additional flight to ensure all passengers arrived at their destination and we're happy to facilitate and we were happy to facilitate that flight. Um, well, uh, thoughts, gentlemen? Can't well, the main thing I would say is that... Um, with this story, if you click anywhere else on the page, <laughs> not little bit, uh, you go straight to an advert. And I've just had the pleasure of, of viewing an advert for 650 gram British chicken breast portions from Tesco. Oh, my. Uh, been reading the, the T's and C's. Right. Uh, and they're only £3.25. And it took me a long time to get back to the main story. Right. So uh, okay. I'm glad you were reading it because I wasn't able to follow it. No, okay. <laughs> Right, very successful then. Uh, I mean, well, well, I just hope they don't do this on Sunday. You know, lock us in a stairwell. Um, I think, I think, loot and the boarding process for right now. I'm trying to remember if you if you go through an air bridge or through an or walk onto the air or airlock, yeah, or walk onto the just aircraft. Trying to work out how long ago this was because I was under the impression that Ryanair don't use Swissport anymore. I thought they used their own um, agent company now, didn't they? Set up their own. And perhaps it's only at certain mm. airports that they do that. Um, anyway, yeah, I don't know. It's. I, know. Uh, I mean, th there is a serious issue there. I mean, <laughs> the trouble is there's always two sides to every story, I know. And, um, you know, perhaps the disgruntled passengers are not the most reliable source of uh, information, certainly when it's been printed by the sun. But, uh, I mean, there is an issue, certainly, if it took off with their bags on board. Yeah, I'm just looking at the comments from Owen in the chat room. I'm just reading there. Mm. And, yeah, Owen just said he'd put on there, they don't in Stansted in certain other airports, Matt. He's put, so. Oh, all right. Okay. Mm. Fair enough. That's, that's, so, that's me told. <laughs> moving swiftly on, Mr. Bounds, to the next story, which uh, is a very good story. It is, because it's on the ArabianBusiness.com, and it says that British Airways debuts upgraded A350 on Dubai-London route. And we know at least two people on this show that will be travelling on this in November. So Yay. let's have a look, <laughs> shall we? Uh -oh. uh, it says that uh, BA has launched its new Airbus A350, fitted out with its new business class seat offering on the Dubai-London route with a promise that would be able to compete with Dubai rival Emirates airline. Uh, the A350 aircraft 
features British Airways' latest generation business class seat, club suite, and offers customers direct aisle access, a door for greater privacy, and a flatbed seat in a one-to-one configuration. The airline said it also features 40% more storage, including a vanity unit and mirror, Wi-Fi, 18.5-inch in-flight entertainment screens, and PC and USB power. Since its arrival from the Airbus HQ in Toulouse in July this year, the A350 has flown over 15,400 miles between Heathrow and Madrid, completing over 40 takeoffs and landings to further familiarise the airline's crew with the service that they will deliver on the new aircraft. In addition to being quieter than some of its predecessors, the A350 also burns 25% less fuel. While it was planned to operate the aircraft on the Toronto route, an early delivery of the aircraft meant it was deployed to Dubai, according to BA's product manager, Duncan Roberts. The original one was uh, Toronto in October, but when we got the opportunity to bring it earlier, we were able to look at a different route and we chose to bring it here, Roberts told uh, Arabian Business this week. It's a competitive route for us, so it's probably very strategic, he added. The Dubai-London route is, route is one of the most competitive long-haul routes in the world, with Emirates dominating the passenger traffic, as it not only brings holidaymakers to the Emirate, but also transits UK passengers to onward destinations in Asia, Australia and Africa. Uh, Last month, aviation industry analysts OAG revealed that Emirates Airlines route to London Heathrow is its most lucrative, bringing revenues of $796 million last year. Carriers like Virgin Atlantic and Royal Brunei both scrapped attempts to compete with the Dubai carrier last year, whilst Australian flag carrier Qantas gave the, uh, up on the route back in 2014. Emirates operates 10 daily flights to London, six of which serve Heathrow with A380s. British Airways, on the other hand, operates 19 flights a week from Heathrow, three flights per day on five days of the week and twice a day on the other two days. Despite the competition, BA has thrived with its Dubai service, regularly featuring featuring in its top five of long-haul flights. Uh, One of those Dubai flights will be operated by the A350. Others are with the 777. And Robert says that he expects the new aircraft to provide BA with a service that will be competitive when compared to Emirates. I think our product is very competitive against their A380 product. It's better than their 777 product because their 777 is still a step over in the aisle, which you don't always see. Uh, Their A380 is on our London route. It's all aisle access, but ours is, I think, a better product. It offers a privacy door and it is a newer product, he said, adding the Emirates new first class offering in the 777 is quite amazing. Whilst Emirates has unveiled brand new cabins for its Boeing 777, which include one to one configuration in business class, the flights operated to London Stansted have the current 232 configuration in business. Uh, the BA A350-1000 is configured for 331 passengers in three classes with 219 economy class seats, 50 premium, 56 premium economy and 56 business class seats. Uh, the configuration in business class is one to one to replace the 242 of the existing business class seat. 
56 premium economy seats are in 242 configuration in rows 20 to 27 and 219 economy seats cover two cabins in a 333 configuration. The A350 departs London Heathrow at 12.50pm and arrives at 11.05pm, returning as BA106, departing Dubai at 1.30am and landing in London at 7.15am. British Airways has 17 more A350 1000s on order from Airbus with plans to deploy the next arrivals to Toronto, Tel Aviv and Bangalore this year. So this is an exciting product that Carlos and I will have the pleasure of being mm. on uh, mm -hmm. in November. So uh, can't wait for that and um, more about the A350 a bit later on. Uh, yes. Now I have to say I'm a big fan of the way that uh, BA have furnished their business class. Uh, the seats look amazing. Yeah, because obviously I, you're going to get to fly I, that sometime yeah. soon. I course, do like yeah. uh, I do love the uh, the wooden trim as such on the uh, on the on the on the actual sort of sides and stuff. Mm. But after sampling the business class seat in an Emirates triple seven three hundred, what? How did you blag that one? That was at the air show. Oh right, okay. But you mean um, you sat in a seat? Yeah, and right. had, a, had a play. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know. The, I think the the amount of space that you get with the uh, with the Emirates product is slightly more. I think there's more space. You get more bang uh, for your buck. More bang for your buck. Yeah. yeah. But I do. I do like. I do think BA have, have really. Um, you know, gone good with the, the choice of colours for one. I think with this. Uh, oh, what, uh, what do you? I mean, uh, you've. I mean, predominantly the. Uh, I don't your business class and stuff that you've done there. I mean, predominantly that's been BA. I assume. I mean, have you done business class with with anyone else? Uh, not recently. The last time I did that was uh, Air New Zealand, actually, on a um, what was it? A seven four seven four hundred. Okay. On the going to Los Angeles that was uh, quite a few years ago uh, that was very enjoyable I must mm. say uh, and SAS and yeah I think it's only SAS I've ever done uh, business class with okay. um, nice. yeah so uh, uh, but uh, no they've done a nice job of this yeah they? yeah I like it certainly that. sounds like it so next story is uh, on the local.fr and that's uh, oh, sad. We haven't had one of these for a few weeks. No, I'm pleased um, to say. So yeah. this is the headline on this one. French airline goes bust after multi-million euro losses. So France's second largest airline has gone into receivership after filing for bankruptcy uh, on Monday. Um, following years of losses and losing millions of euros, France's Civil Aviation Authority has said. The Agile, Agile, Agile Azure airline, I presume right. that's how it's pronounced, You're feeling all right? was <laughs> uh, placed into receivership, uh, the DGAC authority said in a statement, citing several months of cash flow problems. It said the government was mobilised to seek the best solution to preserve jobs and ensure the continuation of economic activities, it said. Uh, the move comes after a shareholder coup ousted Chief Executive Franz Yelvin last week, accusing him of making strategic mistakes over the past two years. Uh, destinations in Algeria make up half of Agile Azure's operations, and the company posted revenues of 300 million euros last year after transporting some 1.9 million passengers. Uh, but it wasn't enough to stem heavy losses that uh, last month prompted the airline to announce plans to sell its uh, Portugal routes to low-cost rival Vueling. 
Uh, Agile Azure is in uh, session of payments after several years of drifting because of numerous improper strategic decisions, decisions and must ask for commercial court protection, employees said in a statement after a meeting with the management. The bankruptcy protection will allow the airline, which has 1,150 employees, including some 350 based in Algeria, to continue operations. Chinese conglomerate HNA Group, which owns Hanayan Airlines, is the largest stakeholder with 49%. David Nealon, a American airline entrepreneur whose companies include JetBlue and TAP and Air Portugal, uh, or TAP Air Portugal owns 32%, and French businessman Gerard Hua owns 19%. He says that we hope most of uh, all there'll be a buyer, he says. Uh, a flight who is a programmer among several dozen employees who gathered outside the airline's headquarters in Paris Orly Airport. It would be a shame to lose the airline that has uh, 300 million euros in sales and landing slots in Algeria and even Air France doesn't have uh, she added declining to give her last name. It's always sad news when we read about an airline um, you know finishing or ceasing to uh, to uh, to exist anymore mm. but uh, i must admit this is not an airline or so it says it's france's second largest airline it's not an airline that i have no, heard I'd, a I'd not huge heard of it, no. amount about nev any ideas on no the... me, me neither no no no, no. I, I mean I, well perhaps that is i mean if, you know if pt uk have never heard of it then you yeah. know perhaps that was where i like their, their choice lies. of color yeah um, for their right. livery but because well, uh, it reminds you of blue. malta by it's, any no, chance blue. right okay <laughs> um but Fair no enough. it's a shame it's a shame and i i, I yeah. sincerely I hope sad. I mean, I, again not staff. so much you see oh, i couldn't give a monkeys about the the you know the managers and the directors mm. and all that kind of it's thing the but yeah, it's the staff yeah. it's the people who have worked you know some of those people are probably doing that job it's their dream job that they've mm. always wanted to do and you know i mean hopefully they'll they'll find alternative yeah. you know uh, work but uh, it's always sad when an airline goes bust there's no two ways about it so next story matt uh, for yes. you is uh all about uh, well, it's it's good news for Boeing. I think well, this week. Yes, so it's the Aero Aerotime hu- News Hub uh, is the website. So it's aerotime.aero, uh, and the headline is uh, Boeing Triple Seven Three Hundred ER kept alive Ooh. by a KLM order. Um, so uh, KLM Royal Dutch Airlines have announced that the airline have ordered two additional 777-300ER models to boost its long-haul fleet. Uh, the uh, 300ER program uh, launched together with the 200ER program on in February uh, 2000 uh, became the most successful wide-body aircraft program in Boeing's history. So far, the Chicago-based manufacturer has delivered 809 of the 777-300ER aircraft. Uh, currently, the Dutch airline operates 29 777s, 14 of them are the uh, 300ER version, but with the 777X entering its last stages of development, as Boeing prepares to begin flight tests after GE fixes issues uh, with the GE9X engine, why would KLM opt for an older brother of the 777X? The 777-E300ER, I'm really enjoying these numbers by the way. Uh, <laughs> what about the Boeing 787 Dreamliner, which is even more efficient than the Airbus A350, another composite aircraft? Uh, so for the past few years, KLM, together with its group partner Air France, have been overhauling their fleet in KLM's uh, annual report for 2018. The 
airline has highlighted that it aims to reduce its CO2 emissions per passenger by 20% in 2020 compared to the current figures that are released from 2011. Uh, one way to do so is to introduce new, much more efficient aircraft. KLM has been res res recently retiring its older Boeing 747-400, some of which are approaching the 30-year-old mark. The Queen's will be replaced by new aircraft as the airline plans to retire its last 747 in 2021. Initially, the Airbus A350 was destined to replace the last departing uh, 747, but an announcement by Air France-KLM Group on the 28th of June 2019 changed the plans. Instead of seven new Airbus A350 aircraft, KLM will receive six Boeing 787 aircraft, while Air France will receive the A350, which were destined to go to Amsterdam. This comes as the two airlines aim to reduce their costs by homogenizing their fleets and as a result rule out the A350 for KLM. What about the Dreamliner? If KLM already operates the type uh, and has several aircraft on order, so if KLM intends to replace the Boeing 747-400 and reduce its emissions by 2021, the 787 is not a great option. While a six aircraft will help KLM expand operations, it will not help the airline to renew its fleet. Currently Boeing has a backlog consisting of 555 Boeing 787s as of June the 30th, 2019. Just recently, Vietnam Airlines received its first 787-10 from Air Lease Corporation. The leasing company ordered 10 Dreamliners powered with uh, GENX engines in September 2013. Gosh, that is a long lead time, isn't it? Um, such a queue would put a huge delay in the Dutch Airlines fleet renewal plans, thus the Dreamliner is also ruled out. In addition, the 787-10 has a similar cabin uh, to the 777-300ER, which uh, would reduce KLM's capacity compared to the Boeing 747. It's, it's quite a mouthful there. It's, yeah. um, it's good news. Obviously, it's good yeah. for Boeing. And KLM are a predominantly Boeing uh, purchasing airline they've got some a330s uh, in their fleet some dash 200s and dash 300s but they do klm do predominantly have the boeing products in mm. their fleet along with some cargo versions as well right. of the 747 yeah. Th those lead times must be a worry though i mean you know one company mm. ordered it in 2013 and they didn't get it until you know a couple of months ago i mean that's mm. that's quite a quite a long time to wait for a new aircraft i mean a lot can happen in that time can't, can't mm. it that's that's the trouble with this yeah i think it, obviously with the production of aircraft in the u.s and boeing are obviously doing production they're, they're producing aircraft in other countries now as well not yeah. just the u.s well yeah um, but it's still these the, the, the it seems to me that the constant renewal of aircraft is always ongoing and there's all new always new orders for aircraft always coming up online which we speak about on the show mm. but um you know, it's it's good for for Boeing and Airbus because yeah. it means work for their for their workers. But obviously, with uh, a lot of airlines starting to retire the A three eighty, as we've talked about in the show. Yeah, that's, that's um, still get my you know these there. these aircraft, these twin engine aircraft like the triple seven three hundred are are great sort of you know fill-ins for the mm. retiring three uh, eighties. I think so. Yeah, Nev, any uh, views? Yeah, it's good to see that they're carrying on with the 777 because it's still a great aircraft. Yeah, but as Matt yeah. was saying, when you have these long lead times, a lot happens to yeah. the economy or, you know, imagine, you know, uh, 
God forbid we have another, you know, 9-11 kind mm. of event or something like that, then that changes everything. So oh. aircraft that you've ordered, you know, four or five years ago, something like that, um, you know, let's say the, the, the economic cycle might change or anything might change. So it must be very difficult from a commercial point of view um, to try and schedule these things in when you really need them. Well, of course, you go back 10 years, of course, the... Uh, you know, the the A380 was supposed to be the answer to the world's aviation problems, wasn't it? And then before you know where you are, you move into times like now where this revolutionary aircraft is now being considered, you know, just too fat and, you know, expensive to run. And, and that's, again, down to the fact that e economics have changed, isn't it? That's what mm. my wife says about me, actually. Right. So. Yes. Good. Lovely. Uh, anyway, much love to Auntie Sue, as <laughs> always. Uh, <laughs> moving moving <laughs> swiftly on. Yes, before we all end up in trouble. To uh, the next story. <laughs> she doesn't listen to this, right? Oh, definitely not. <laughs> not no. good. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> so, Nev, the next story. What's, what's been uh, going on well, here? Now, it's on the samchewy.com. Oh, web. cool. We, we like Sam Chewy. We do, yeah. He knows what he's talking about, which is the main thing. He's in a lot of uh, passenger business around the world. Well, mm. and this, this just goes to show that this is my theory, which is the most dangerous time to be on an aircraft isn't actually in the air, but it's on the ground. <laughs> Uh, because there has been a, a minor ding. Uh, I'm not sure you could call that a minor ding. Let me, I'll tell you, while you're, while you're reading that story out, Nev, I'm just going to pop the picture up. Here we go, boys and girls. Uh, this is the minor ding. That'll buff out, won't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, this is a collision between uh, an Aeroflot Airbus A330-300, which has been damaged by uh, after a Royal Flight Boeing 777-300ER clipped its wing. The 330 involved, uh, which is registered uh, Victor Quib Quebec uh, Bravo Mike Yankee, was scheduled to operate flight uh, SU-202 from Moscow to Beijing on the 3rd of September. Upon impact, the A330 received damage to its outer wing, aileron and winglet. Uh, registered Victor Papa Bravo Kilo Golf, the damage to the Boeing 777-300ER is not clear. However, photos show that the damage to the upper wing surface is to be expected. A passenger caught the aftermath of the collision on video, providing an additional perspective to the situation. Uh, Flight Global states that the 777 was being towed when it collided with the departing uh, 2012-built uh, A330. Why it's relevant that it was built in 2012, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but on board the Aer Aeroflot A330 were 229 people who sustained no injuries during the incident. The passengers were removed and placed onto a replacement aircraft. So yes, with these uh, these winglets and the uh, the, the, the longer um, wings these days, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, and with restricted room on the apron of so many airports, yeah, you've got to be careful. And there's some. Uh, considerable damage here isn't it? Of course this is, this is going to have uh, you know this is this is nothing to do with the pilots is it this I mean this is ground ops. There's, well yes mm. I mean you're supposed to have you know wing walkers and, and yeah. people coordinating all this so um, now I, I don't know whose fault it was here but uh, yeah clearly something has gone badly wrong yeah. and um, the trouble is you see it's a bit like you know trying to stop a train you know it has an immense amount of energy yeah. and inertia and you know once a plane even up you know one or two miles an hour with the weight behind it just mm. keep 
going. So to try and stop it quickly once you've uh, had a moment like this must be quite difficult. So, uh, yeah, the, the damage just, just keeps on happening, unfortunately. I'll yeah. just point out that the Boeing seems to have come off a lot better than the uh, Airbus in <laughs> What's this picture. What's that got to do I, with I'm the just, I'm just making an observation. It's <laughs> got nothing the, to do with it. <laughs> the, the, Airbus looks, the Airbus wing looks completely mullered. Right, okay. Uh, and and yeah. obviously, the, and the Boeing has just got a few little scratches. Right, so just, okay. Um, they'll just trim yeah, out. It's a, a specific Airbus design so that they can sell them uh, more wings. Yeah, good point. Oh, yeah, good, good point. Well made. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> the worrying thing is, is that's probably true. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm just quite, quite interested in the, in the pieces that are laying on the floor and that picture you put up earlier, Matt. There's yes. uh, various fragments of debris. Stuff I think is the word. <laughs> laying yeah, on yeah. the. Floor, I, on I the think ground. the runway and the taxiways will certainly need a sweep oh, dear. Uh, yeah. before anything else goes out there. Anyway, moving on and uh, to one of my most favourite stories of the week, actually, Carl. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, well, actually, this was this was very uh, very well pointed out to me by um, someone who watches the show and listens to the show, Stuart McBurney, uh, who's someone that you know, okay, yeah. and uh, I know very well. So thanks, Stuart, for this. So this is on the BBCnews.co.uk website, and I'm sure those of you who've been watching uh, the various news feeds of aviation uh, kind of gender that this has been a big story this week because uh, a trainee pilot. Uh, uh, landed safely after his instructor passed out. So a student pilot in Australia uh, safely landed a light aircraft during a flying lesson after his instructor passed out at the controls. Western Australian Max uh, Sylvester made a distress call to air traffic control about an hour into his flight on Saturday when his teacher collapsed beside him. So operators at uh, an airport in Perth helped him guide the aircraft to the ground. And Mr. Sylvester was later praised for his quick response and composure. In his emergency call, a recording of which was made later public, he describes his teacher's condition before taking instructions on flying the plane. He says that uh, he said in the uh, transmission, he said, "I'm trying to keep him up, but he keeps falling down." He says to the uh, controller uh, when he asked if he knows how to operate the Cessna. He replies, "This is my first lesson." <laughs> Mr. Sylvester had taken uh, two flying lessons prior to the flight, but it was his first encounter with the aircraft, and he had never tried landing before himself. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so uh, the uh, after circling the Jandicott Airport in Perth for nearly an hour and practicing approaches, he touched down safely on the runway at the airport where his family emergency crews were waiting. The instructor was taken to hospital in a stable condition. That's good. And in a news conference, uh, Mr. Sylvester said that if he hadn't studied. I wouldn't be here. That's a fact, he said. There's no doubt in the world I won't be flying, he said. You have to do that because you have to show your kids that having an issues like this, uh, you have the power through them, he says. Chuck McElwee, the flight school's owner, said there was no damage at all to the aircraft. Wow. Matter of fact, it was a perfect landing. He praised both the student pilot and the tower, saying that I'm telling you, you don't get that cooperation very Often he says. No, so for those of you who may follow Vas Sim or VA Sim on uh, YouTube, if you go over there, there is uh, the actual complete uh, video and transcript with the audio uh, of this uh, particular incident, which you can listen to uh, over there. It's a great little uh, YouTube uh, page to follow if you do listen to or follow Vas Sim, VA Sim. Uh, but uh, there are various uh, other websites where you can get the transcript and the info. But uh, what do you think, man? For, mean, someone, for someone who's obviously you've been in a light aircraft with with me, with Captain Al, um, and you know, give. But in that circumstances, Matt, if 
something happened, would you care to have a go? No, is the short answer. Although there's no two ways about that. No. But if it was, if it was, you know, you had to. do I mean, it. I, I guess you'd have to. You'd have to have a go. I think. I think the advantage that this this guy had is because although it was his first go in this particular Cessna, it wasn't his first go as a pilot, or he'd only had a few lessons, mm. but my biggest problem would be in the fact that I have been in GA aircraft, and I know there are pedals underneath me, but I haven't got the first idea what they do, <laughs> how you operate them. Uh, you know, my, my, my yeah. first question would be, where's the handbrake? You know, so mm. it's just like... Uh, so, yes, I mean, uh, this is a truly incredible story. Mm. Oh, uh, and, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, we couldn't get permission to play the video out, which is why... Um, but but put in that situation, you'd but have a go. that video of that landing yeah. was textbook. He done really well. I mean, <laughs> if they don't give him a license off the back of that, then there is something oh. wrong with them. I mean, Nev, I mean, you must have seen this story. Yeah, I, I, funny enough, I was actually uh, listening to the ATC um, today, uh, this afternoon, and um yeah uh, well he did a great job didn't he and i think that the weather um although not perfect uh, i think was helped close uh, to being reasonable. perfect yeah um uh, but nonetheless that does not take away no. uh, his skill in, in putting it on the deck in, in the way he did uh, it was it was just a textbook landing, uh, and clearly it? not panicking i mean he obviously yeah. sounded very expensive yeah but uh, no, he did an uh, absolutely superb Well, and job. everybody was so calm, weren't they? It, like the, the ATC and, yeah. and, you know, everybody was very, very calm. I mean, because this could have so easily been a hideous incident. I mean, it really could have been quite horrible. And, and you know, and the instructor is now well. I mean, that's the best thing. I mean, you know, the instructor is fine too. So. Owen, Owen has said in the chat room, Matt, that, uh, Matt, you would, you would be awesome because you can keep calm under pressure. This guy clearly doesn't know me at all. Uh, <laughs> you put me in a distressful situation. The first thing I do is have a panic attack. I don't know what he's on about. <laughs> I think I reckon you'd be. I reckon you'd be okay in that situation. I, don't know. I mean, I, I, you don't know, do you? I mean, let's hope none of us ever find ourselves in that position. I mean, it's you know. I mean, Nev is one of the you know. Nev has been through hell, bless him, recently, and he's managed to remain one of the most calmest and most understanding people I've ever come across in my entire life. Uh, I, you know, he'd like to think that he'd do all right in a situation like that i mean what, would you well, fancy yeah. having a go at an a380 well, Nev? Uh, <laughs> the thing is that i have to say that uh, in the two flights that i've done with ga pilots in the last year who shall remain nameless right has crossed my mind what happens if they were suddenly incapacitated right and I just think about that briefly and then put it completely out of my mind. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If that were ever to happen, uh, that the adrenaline would take over and, you know, I, I wouldn't panic. But I don't know. I, I do not know no. what, what would happen in that situation. No. And let's not forget as well, guys, for the 200th show, Matt, you did very successfully land a Boeing 737-800. I, I mean, y you know. You d uh, excuse me. <laughs> uh, the 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 instructor's hands were not on the control column when when that aircraft touched down, Matt. You were. No, but then, absolutely everybody who got in that simulator did successfully land. That's because we're all Even you. I, I, <laughs> 
<laughs> right, saying? okay. Uh, I'll just, you know, somebody dig me out of this hole quickly. Everyone in I... the chat room knows that you'd be awesome. So, shut up. So, shut. Next. so next story, Matt. <laughs> oh, is, is it my game? Uh, oh, uh, this backfired. Is, I know, uh, I know. <laughs> okay. actually, actually, the next story, Matt, this is um, an aircraft uh, that we've seen at Farnborough. Yeah. Um, well, it's not. It's another one, isn't it? Um it's uh, if if oh, it, that, it is another one. Yeah, but another we one have seen yeah. this simple flying, Anyway, simpleflying.com is the website, and the, the headline is High Fly to take on more Airbus A380s for transatlantic leasing. So the Portuguese wet lease airline High Fly is set to take on more A380s as soon as they are available, as discussed by the president of the company, Ooh. Paulo Mirpuri, uh, at a recent press event. Uh, High Fly is a wet lease airline. How this differs from a typical leasing airline is the fact that they not only lease the aircraft on short-term rentals but they provide the fuel the, f the crew, the food, the pilots and even airline certificates uh, a good analogy would be the difference between renting a car or renting a limo service that provides everything the company has so far been very successful leasing their fleet out across the world from European carriers uh, such as Norwegian to far-flung destinations like Australia and Asia. The airline currently operates 17 aircraft, uh, with the most recent addition coming online only yesterday, and boy, what a beautiful aircraft it is. But one of the reasons that HiFly is so special is that they are the only wet-leasing airline in the world to have an A380. Uh, the aircraft is an ex-Singaporean, which I think the other one was, wasn't it? That was ex-Singaporean. Yeah, it was, yeah. Oh, wasn't it? Uh, Ex-Singaporean -ex A380. Not very it comes good, with, uh, No, it's just a, well, cause, well, the stuff that I've <laughs> actually been to and seen like at Farmer oh, and stuff I can remember stuff, stuff. sinking in yeah yeah absolutely yeah, the aircraft is the next Singaporean A380 and comes with three because it also helped I had Owen Stamp stood next to me feeding me every single piece of information I could possibly okay. need but anyway and comes with three classes on board passengers who have booked a business class ticket might find themselves bumped up on into the onboard first class which features several private suites. Uh, so far the aircraft has been popular, seeing several weeks of action with Norwegian flying into the Indian Ocean to the island of Reunion and even going as far as Venezuela. Uh, their A380 has seen the most action on transatlantic routes, so the A380 is more of a niche market aircraft. The main market for the aircraft has been flying across the Atlantic. Today it was flying somewhere between Europe and the United States. Uh, this is not expected uh, this is not unexpected as there are a lot of premium routes between these two continents. But stopping at one A380 is not on the cards for this Portuguese carrier. Uh, their plan moving forward uh, is to actually increase their fleet to 100 aircraft in the next 10 years. Uh, I think uh, we can grow a lot more. I think we could grow eventually to over 100 aircraft. This year alone, we're phasing in five aircraft over the next 10 years. We could reach 100 aircraft possibly sooner. I mean, it's a great story, really. It's a... Um I'd say we were very lucky to sort of experience this A380 firsthand. Uh, I didn't get to go on board, unfortunately. You guys did, though, didn't you? Mm, yes. Yeah. And um, yes, it's a it's a, it's a, it's a fascinating concept, isn't it? I mean, I suppose I suppose it's no different to like in my case where somebody you know private hires you know the company that I I drive for to take them from you know say Beckles to. Um, you know, chroma for the day. I suppose it's no different to that because it comes with a driver and obviously the diesel and everything's all in in it. Um, you know, in this case, obviously it comes with all the crews and that. But I mean, I, I don't know if I fancy the dead mileage between here and Australia. 
<laughs> I mean, that, that's that's the or the, whatever the the dead knots or whatever it is, the, the <laughs> nautical miles or something. Uh, see, 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 this is what happens with me. You see, I sound really good for about one paragraph, <laughs> and uh, then my lack of knowledge comes back to bite me. No, I think you, I think you do very well. I, th- yes. I think everyone everyone agrees. Moving on, all all those Next. agree that you do very well. Next. <laughs> <laughs> oh, moving on then. No, it okay. must be your go. Off you go. It <laughs> is. Uh, this is on the the bristolpost.co.uk. Oh, yes. Uh, and this is quite an interesting story because it says uh, holiday makers were left shocked but relieved after a fellow passenger ended up flying their plane himself. Uh, astonished passengers travelling to Alicante listened as Michael Bradley, who was travelling with his wife and young son, took the Tanoi to offer his services for Sunday's flight, which was on uh, September the 1st. Uh, Having been told by his wife that they were facing a delay, the qualified EasyJet pilot deliberately took his licence and ID along to the airport, uh, according to the Manchester Evening News. In a video uploaded on Facebook by mum, Michelle Potts, he told passengers, my wife, who's in row 15 with my little boy, hopefully he's asleep by now, I should keep it down, otherwise I'll get told off. She rolled over and punched me in the back of the head and said, our flight's delayed by two hours because they're minus one captain for the flight. So just before we went through security, I thought, I wonder if this is worth a phone call. I think it is because I'd like to go on holiday. I phoned up EasyJet and said, hi, I'm standing in the back of the terminal doing nothing. I've got my license with me uh, and deliberately from being punched in the back of the head at 3am I've got my ID with me and I'd very much like to go on holiday and if you need a favour I'm standing here ready to go he said that uh, they will phone you back 38 seconds later they phoned me back (laughs) and said please please pretty please with a big cherry on can you fly fly the aeroplane to Alicante uh, Michelle, who, uh, so if you're all right for one of your pilots to look like this today, we'll go to Alicant- Alicante, he said, and was met with cheers from passengers. Michelle, who posted the video, said, it could only happen to me. Get to the airport, <laughs> flight is delayed a couple of hours. Then I happened to look at the original time and it changed to get closing. I had to leg it across the airport to get on the flight. Get to the boarding and ask the guy at the desk, what, the desk what's going on. He said, oh, your pilot's gone missing, but a guy that's going on your flight is going to fly in the plane. Yeah, I mean, I think they should have perhaps been a bit more specific with that. I've just got the audio here that uh, that I've yeah. been... So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a go at play. I don't know what it's going to sound like, so apologies uh, for this. Uh, let's see how it sounds. Uh, and silence is golden. Silence is, is the, clearly not the way forward, is it? Uh, okay, so <laughs> it is remarkable. Uh, let's try that again, shall we? Uh, one last go, and if it doesn't work, then we'll, we'll give it a miss. Uh... It's no, it's not going to work. You've probably well, got, you've probably got your volume turned down the laptop. No, uh, no, 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 no. It's not going to work for whatever reason. It's not coming through the desk. It's, it's not playing the video on the machine. That's a shame. But for those of you who want to follow that story, we'll, Matt will put that in he will, the show yes. notes. And maybe your internet connection. Oh, here we go. Hang on. Row fifty with my little boy. He's only hopefully he's asleep by now. I should keep it down. Or I'll get told off. She rolled over and punched me in the back of the head and said, "Our flight's delayed by two hours." because they are minus one captain for the flight. The reason why, they've already cancelled the Budapest today. They've cancelled the Paris. The Faro is three hours late. And there's several other aeroplanes that are going two, three, four hours late. Who knows? So just before we went through security, I thought, I wonder if this is worth a phone call. I think it is, because I'd like to go on holiday. So I phoned up easier and said, Aya, 
Uh, I'm standing in the terminal doing nothing. I've got my license with me, deliberately, from being pushed in the back of the head at 3 a.m. I've got my ID with me, and I'd very much like to go on holiday, and if you need a favour, I'm standing here ready to go. And he said, we'll phone you back. 38 seconds later, they phoned me back and said, please, please, pretty please, with a big cherry on top, can you fly the aeroplane to Alicante? We're going to position another pilot out from some other base to bring the aeroplane back here. I'll stick a pair of shoes on just in case. So if you're alright for one of your pilots to look like for this today, we'll go to Alicante out of how cool is that? That is so cool. That's awesome. Well, oh. well, 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 he just wants to go on holiday. I can't blame him for that. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, yeah. what a story. Yeah, what a story. absolutely. Oh, thanks for that, Nev. I enjoyed that. And uh, actually, that came in from, uh, let, sorry, two seconds, because that was actually sent to us by several people. But uh, more specifically, it was sent in by, oh, here we go, Tom, Thomas Harris. Thomas, Thomas Harris, Harris, thank you yeah. very much for sending that uh, in to us. What a great little story that was. No, oh, that's Blooming marvellous. Yeah. Well, it's good to have a nice story, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, that should have been the last one, really, shouldn't it? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so the next story is... Uh, yeah. You missed a trick there, Carlos. <laughs> Matt, shush, shush, shush. Right. Matt, shush, shush. Right, sorry. Quiet, yes, please. Sir. Quiet, please, Matt, for this next story. Right. This okay. one is on the uh, ilkleygazette.co.uk and airport trials, new quiet terminal. Ah, uh, see what you did there. So, Leeds Bradford Airport introduced a quiet terminal to help passengers relax before their flight this summer. The trials saw the airport scale back loud announcements to improve passengers' well-being, only airing late boarding calls and emergency announcements. The move to quiet terminals has been made by airports around the world, including Helsinki, Munich and Sydney. The trial was in place between August the 15th and 17th as part of a push to improve passenger experience and create a quieter travel experience. Leeds Bradford will review whether the quiet terminal could work in the future with extra support given to anyone requiring additional assistance. An LBA spokesperson said that we continue to support the requiring special assistance and, and uh, of course want to maintain our airport's exclusivity. So it's it's a good idea, I suppose. I mean, I don't quite know how much airport announcements annoy me. I mean, you obviously hear them when you're in an airport. Uh, they're not as commonplace um, as they used to be, though, are they? I mean, you don't no. get them like you. The only time you occasionally hear it, perhaps, is in the uh, like if you're like at the gate, mm, where perhaps yeah. if they're looking for for someone or someone is, you know, to like. Because of course, nowadays, of course, people they know roughly where with, within the airport where you are. They know if you've gone through security now, don't they? So. Presumably, you get flagged up if you've you've gone through, or don't, or, or or is that too joined up? I mean, they don't talk to each other, do they? Do they? I assume they talk to each other, do they? No, security versus um, you know. Well, they know if you they know if you've checked in. Yeah, uh, and you've uh, yeah, but we all do that usually two weeks beforehand at home nowadays, don't we? <laughs> or before yeah. we start the show. Or before, or in this case, before we start well, the show. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's nice to see the picture on this story. They've uh, they've got all our favourites uh, on the picture for this particular story. They've got all our favourite um, airlines here for the Matt, for those of you watching in uh, YouTube world, be able to see uh, all of all of our favourites of PTUK in one right, lineup. In there. one horrible, obviously photograph. with yes. the first <laughs> aircraft being oh. BA. Oh, well, the most important, of course. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it goes 
goes without saying. No, but it's, uh, it's a good <laughs> idea. I mean, airport terminals are, especially stands, it can be quite noisy, I think, personally, yeah. sometimes. Um, but obviously, bigger airports are fairly I mean, noisy. Th- you, you, th- I mean, there's a, a supermarkets in, the air, in, in this area, like Morrison's, for example, have recently been trialling what they call like qu- a quiet hour, haven't they, on a Saturday Ooh, morning. Sounds good. To help, um, well, it's actually to help those with um, sort of, um, well, basically with autistic sort of... Um, uh, properties, I suppose, for want of a better word, you know, where it's a bit quieter, so they're less likely to be distressed or, or sort of panicky or whatever because of the noises going around. Do you think maybe this is possibly something, something similar, or just, yeah, or, yeah, just or are they just trying a, trying a new thing, perhaps? Well, like it says on their thing, it says they're trying it in other different airports and stuff like that. I think I think in airports, like some of the biggest airports, bigger airports in the mm. US, kind of like Atlanta or somewhere like that, I think to have a quiet terminal would be a challenge. Right. Um, but, uh, I mean, there, there, there's only one way to, to have a quiet terminal. To well, but have no passengers in it. Well, that is exactly, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, Nev, I wonder if I could trouble you to take the very last story, if that's at all possible. Yes, you can. And, um, of course, it's on the simpleflying.com. We don't mind this site, do we? And we like it because it's got a similar font to Flight Club. Flight Club, yes, of course. Yeah, so that's good. Um, It's on the... Yeah, it's all about the... um, uh, the airlines go fleet and uh, it's not always easy for international airlines to simultaneously operate subsidiary airlines uh, earlier this year uh, we reported that air france uh, low, subsidiary low-cost carrier june had flown its last flight it's not the first time this has happened either remember british airways venture into the low-cost market with its go airline 18 years since it flew its last service we're taking a look at what happened to the fleet so back in 1998 ba decided to dip its toes into the low-cost carrier market which had boomed in the 1990s with the likes of southwest airlines and ryanair dominating this Go Flight, marketed as Go, was launched by America, American businesswoman Barbara Cassini and flew from its base in Stansted to destinations around Europe, as well as from Bristol and East Midlands. It was BA's attempted, uh, it was BA's attempt to hijack success from its comp- uh, from its opposition at that time was uh, EasyJet and Ryanair. Uh, Go took its first flight from Stansted Airport to Rome in May 1998. Uh, Over the course of its operations, it acquired 28 aircraft in its fleet, including one BA, uh, sorry, British Aerospace 146-200 and 27 Boeing 737s. But in 2001, unable to really grasp the concept of the low-cost model, British Airways sold Go to the investment firm i3 for a management buyout of £100 million. Uh, i3 then sold the airline onto its rival EasyJet in 2002. Rod Eddington, uh, chief executive of BA at the time, spoke to the BBC about the plans to sell Go, stating that uh, as a no-frills operator, uh, however, Go does simply not fit into our full service strategy. Um, so the fleet itself in April 1998, uh, Go received the first of its Boeing 737-300s, uh, named Go Now and All Go and Go Today, Just Go, uh, which flew with the fleet 
for the entire lifespan of the airline. The following month, it received another 737, which was called Go Together, Together and ready to, ready to Go, and continued creatively naming its aircraft until it had eight in its fleet at the end of 1998. Of the 1998 aircraft, only three are still active. Uh, Go's aircraft registered uh, Golf Indigo uh, Golf Oscar Foxtrot was damaged beyond repair in uh, October 2014 after a fire, according to plane spotters. Uh, Golf uh, Indigo Golf Oscar Indigo uh, was uh, broken up in 2001. And Golf India Golf Oscar Echo uh, was reported as scrapped whilst the other two of the fleet uh, in 1998 are stored. Uh, between 1999 and 2001, GO acquired 11 more 737s, uh, five in 1999 and six in 2001. Six of them are still active, flying with carriers that include uh, Canadian Northern and Supana Airlines. Uh, the uh, two most interesting cases of, case of the aircraft are those which are now preserved. Uh, Golf India uh, Golf uh, Oscar Uniform, at Guangzhou in China since March 19, uh, sorry, March 2018, and Golf India Golf Oscar Victor at Cotswold Airport since mm. July 2019. Uh, the rest of the aircraft have now either been scrapped or uh, stored. 2001 was the year that it also acquired its first uh, BAE 146-200. It was named Go Now or Just Go and flew from May 2001 until uh, January 2002. It was then sold on to Titan Airways and moved around airlines until 2011 when it was broken up at uh, Cotswold Airport. In 2002, Go acquired another seven Boeing 377s, uh, the first in March and the last in July. Five of these aircraft are still active, whilst uh, Golf uh, India Golf Oscar Zulu is preserved in Istanbul as a training plane for Turkish Technic, where it has been since 2015. And uh, Golf Oscar Delta Uniform Sierra was stored in November uh, 2018 after flying for five years with Ukrainian International Airlines. So it's quite fascinating to see the history of some of these aircraft mm after they finished service mm. uh, with that part of the airline. Yeah. Yeah, I was reading an, an article actually, Nev, um, a few weeks ago about uh, EasyJet. If you remember, cast your my, my, uh, memory back to the early 90s when EasyJet had 737s yes. in their fleet. And uh, I was reading a story that, that was saying about um, how um, some of the later, the, the Dash 700 737s, um, was sold to Southwest. They're still flying with Southwest Airlines over in the US, mm. um, which is quite um, you know interesting that they've gone yeah. from the UK all the way over to one of the biggest airlines in the US to be to be used. So. Definitely. But yeah, nice story that Nev. Well done. So that brings the commercial news segment to a close this week, and uh, we have got a huge huge treat coming up for you next because it's been absent for a while but it's back in full effect so we're going to hand things over to nev to introduce the next brilliant part of the show thank you very much indeed carlos well yes the nev's passenger experience segment has been uh, well lacking in the last few months uh, i've been very busy doing other things but uh, this week just gone i had the chance to fly to helsinki and back with finnair on their A350-900. And I thought, what a great opportunity to do a NEVS passenger experience segment. So uh, 
Securities. here with another Nev's passenger experience and this is all about my flight on a Finnair A350-900 to Helsinki from London Heathrow and here we are in the uh, terminal itself. Uh, this is Terminal 3 and uh, I actually arrived at Terminal 2 for some strange reason to, to go to uh, Helsinki from Heathrow so I had to walk quite a long way as you can probably see. Uh, this is a slightly smoother ride on the Travelator thing, I've got to say. So that's uh, that's quite nice. Uh, but um, here we go. Are coming up to the uh, entrance to Terminal Three at Heathrow. This has all been refurbished uh, for a couple of years now, and it's very smart compared to what it used to be. That's for certain. And um, yeah, so here we are. Uh, getting ready to uh, to go inside and uh, I had use of the very nice Finnair lounge which is also shared with Cathay Pacific and uh, very squish it is too I must say very much nicer than the BA one and they've got um, some nice uh, food and refreshments there as you can see so that's a cappuccino some sausages bacon bread and butter um, and very tasty it was actually I really enjoyed that but, uh, entirely unhealthy but there we go uh, but they've done a very nice job of the design inside the lounge as you can see and uh, the quality of the soft furnishings the the furniture in general is exceptional this is a nice thing how about this for a USB and mains charging drawer so you just open it and there you are you put a 13 amp socket and uh, two USB charging points here is our aircraft uh, it's an A350-900 as I mentioned uh, Finnair they use it on the uh, London to Helsinki routes uh, but it's also from Helsinki to Hong Kong and the Far East generally uh, this particular aircraft uh, is an A350-941 uh, registration hotel sorry Oscar Hotel Lima Whiskey Hotel and uh, just managed to catch it uh, as it vanished into thin air. See what I did there? Uh, yes, so this is it's coming on to stand uh, from its trip from Helsinki uh, to Terminal 3 at London Heathrow. And the weather was uh, reasonable. So this is the, uh, the boarding gate itself. Uh, quite a nice area actually and uh, it was very well organised by the folks there. This is the economy seat and it is very roomy indeed, let me tell you as you can see. So a nice uh, screen there and uh, the uh, huge Rolls-Royce engines uh, on this aircraft. The size of the wing absolutely is astounding. Until you've sat on one of these you cannot believe how long this wing is. Now here's a, a camera view. Uh, this is the underneath camera uh, and uh, this is the moving map display and um, yeah it's uh, it's very well designed actually, very neat. 
Uh, this is us being pushed back uh, from the gate uh, with the uh, the tow truck, and uh, this is the, uh, the the forward view now. You'll just see on the top of the aircraft there the uh, Wi-Fi antenna as well, and a nice shot of Concord uh, Alpha Bravo just at the holding point of runway two seven left. Uh, here at Heathrow. Uh, that aircraft should still be flying in my opinion, but there we are. We've had that conversation many times before. So this is uh, lining up onto, just coming over the threshold of 27 left uh, at Heathrow. And you'll notice straight away how quiet the aircraft is. I've not really sort of mucked about with the audio on this at all. I've just recorded it straight off my iPhone and stuck it into my editing program. Uh, but uh, even when we uh, apply takeoff power, uh, it is remarkably quiet, I've got to say. And, uh, well, I'm really looking forward to this bit, I must say. Uh, the, um, the view from this camera is really, really good. Uh, this, uh, my video doesn't really do it justice. Sorry about the flickering, it's unfortunately something you can't get rid of with the iPhone. But uh, you'll just see a, a British Airways uh, Airbus in front of us going for an intersection departure. So that would normally be me, hopefully. Uh, so this is the top camera view, the, the forward view, um, so you can see the antenna again of the Wi-Fi and uh, that aircraft in front has now departed. So it's our turn to go and um, this is very nice indeed because, just have a listen to this. And that's as loud as it gets. It is incredibly quiet. And the skipper's doing a nice job of tracking the centre line there as well, isn't he? Mind you, the, the wind was uh, fairly mild, so uh, fairly moderate, so it wasn't, wasn't too bad. So it's quite easy to keep it straight down the runway, I would imagine. Uh, but um, this was obviously a reduced thrust takeoff, uh, flex takeoff, I would imagine, because uh, we used up quite a bit of runway. Um, and we're airborne. And um, still very quiet, isn't it? Have you noticed? <laughs> And here's the gear coming up. So just a little bang from the uh, the main gear doors. So this is coming west out of Heathrow. So we're coming up to the Vista that is the Staines Reservoir. Not the sort of place you'd want to go on holiday particularly, but there it is. Um, and just coming over the M25 and we're going to turn right very shortly. And um, you'll hear the flaps coming in, the first stage of flap coming in in a second, which is quite noisy actually. I was quite surprised. Oh, sitting directly over the wing. There it is. Anyway, not exactly a showstopper, but uh, notable, I thought. Um, so this is us uh, just a bit further out from London now, uh, just getting ready to head east and northeast across the North Sea. Still very quiet. Now, I've got a economy comfort seat, which I paid an extra £20 for, but it makes a heck of a difference. It's really comfortable. 
great moving mat display uh, again on the uh, seat backs um, and uh, really high resolution this is nice as well you actually get sort of a pilot's type view so you can see the altimeter the compass and everything I paid uh, seven euros for this rustic and filling baguette Oh, and some wine as well that was uh, very nice um, but they only serve uh, tea coffee and stuff now have a look at this flight level 410 that's the cruising altitude that we were at um, and uh, that's higher than normal isn't it I mean most aircraft are sort of 37 38,000 feet but we were up there at flight level 410 uh, so uh, that was great and um, just coming into uh, the outskirts of Finland at the moment and uh, yeah, beautiful day actually. Lots of clouds, lots of fluffy clouds, but it was very nice. Uh, again, still really quiet uh, in the cabin. Uh, the aircraft was nowhere full either, by the way. It's probably about two thirds full, I would say, something like that. Um, but um, yeah, very, very smooth and, you know, just it's a very different experience to, to most other aircraft I've been on. Just taking a left turn here, I think we're just joining the localizer to uh, runway 22 right at Helsinki and um, just about to deploy the first stage of flaps, I would imagine, as well. So, um, yeah, the, the views you get from these onboard cameras are really, really good. Uh, none of the flickering that you can see on video here. It's, it's really, really high quality. And um, I think that they've, um, they've worked really hard to, to get the interior of this aircraft as, as nice as they possibly can. And I think they've definitely succeeded. And, and Finnair, uh, the crew, did a fantastic job. And I've got to say they're a lot better than BA in that respect, which is uh, not something you normally hear me say. Right, here we are on fire. Finals uh, for runway two to right, and uh, still very quiet, even with uh, f uh, full flaps deployed, gears down. But there's very little noise in the cabin, and that's the most significant thing. Don't forget the other thing about this aircraft, of course, is that it's got the reduced cabin altitude. So I think it's probably around about six thousand or six thousand five hundred feet. Doesn't make a lot of difference on the short haul legs, like uh, I did. So that was about uh, two and a half hour. Uh, trip to Helsinki but on the long haul sectors the 10 12 13 hour sectors it will make a very big difference I would imagine um, so uh, yeah very very nice indeed so yeah just uh, about a mile out now uh, coming over to the uh, the main uh, airport at Helsinki Vanta and uh, this airport has got very big over the last 10 years. I've not been there actually since about 2006, but uh, it's got two terminals, very nice facilities in there. Um, and uh, yeah, overall, a, a very nice experience, I've got to say. So here we are just uh, about to come over the threshold of uh, 22 right. And uh, our chums at the front wanted to get off at the first exit, I think. Um, so it's a very, very smooth touchdown. Uh, and uh, you know you could barely feel it but then there was an incredibly uh, high amount of braking effort required here which is why my camera's gone a bit wobbly and we're all sort of being pushed forward in our seats because I think the turn off he really wanted to get was this one coming up here but it was just a little bit too fast so um, he thought no, I, shall, I shall take the next one instead to save wearing the brakes out um, which he did and uh, uh, yeah as you can see uh, really really um, well just the, the whole experience was, was, was really really good I, I've, I think that they've 
um, tried very hard to get the the passenger experience up on on this aircraft. There's there's no question about it. Carlos and I will be going on the A350 1000 that BA have uh, in November when we go to the Dubai Air Show. So I'm really looking forward to that as well. So we're just clearing the runway here, and a um, uh, bit of finish action there, and a bit of flap retraction sound as well as you would expect. I think he's saying thanks for flying for now. So just coming up to the stand uh, now and um, uh, these this I cannot tell you how good it is to see these views. I know I keep going on about it but they they, they really do look good when you can see the uh, the front and the, uh, sorry the, the the top and the forward cameras uh, really good. Um, and this airport is a lot busier than it used to be, that's for sure. Uh, lots of flights that go over to the Far East, Hong Kong and China generally uh, from here, because it's a very good route back into Europe uh, for the Far East Airlines. Haven't seen this airline before, it looks like a 787-9. Um, so that's a new one for me. And um, yeah, see all sorts of uh, different types of uh, aircraft. So we're just coming on to stand perfectly lined up uh, by the uh, the crew there very nice indeed and it's great that you can see all the ground crew uh, getting ready to uh, put the chocks in and put the uh, external power in and connect their headphones in and all this sort of stuff so it's uh, yeah it's, it's, it's such a different experience to see all of this so I'm really pleased that I went on this flight uh, with Finnair and the uh, Airbus A350-900 I can't recommend it highly enough absolutely superb I have to say, Nev, I'm I'm glad that you uh, got back and didn't disappear into uh, thin air. Oh. 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 On behalf well. of the podcasting community, I'd like to apologise uh, on behalf of the Plain Talking UK podcast. But in all seriousness, Nev, that was brilliant. Great to have the MPE segment back. And I'll tell you what, I have to say, Nev, I was incredibly impressed by the quality of the cameras on that aircraft with the views yeah. of the undercar or the front uh, nose gear and the uh, tail cam. Yeah, they were great, weren't they? And uh, the thing I didn't really show because I didn't have uh, that much time before we sat down was that the quality of uh, seats and, and furnishings generally, even in the economy class section of the aircraft, were fantastic. And uh, I have to say that BA can have to take a look at themselves on, on that route because... At the moment, uh, Finnair, I think they just do one or two flights per day with the 350 to Helsinki because they need the extra capacity, I think. Uh, otherwise, it's an AE321. But right. uh, that is a great aircraft to be on. And it's so relaxing. And it just shows you, you know, that if you get a lot of uh, aircraft noise or engine noise generally, um, it's... <laughs> You know, it disturbs your sleep, it disturbs everything. And, I, and actually, I don't normally sleep on aircraft, but I had a good 15, 20-minute sleep on the wow, way out. Up, yeah. Also, so, of course, with the way that the aircraft is manufactured, the windows are far bigger than on normal aircraft as well. Um, so, uh, so I mean, the, the one thing I need, to, I need to sort of inquire, I mean, now, I mean, how much did you have to... I mean, obviously, it was quite low in the mix because you were talking over the top of it, but, uh, you know... 
how quiet was it? Because, I mean, don't get me wrong, I've been on aeroplanes and I've heard, like, the, um, you know, like the flaps being adjusted and all that kind of thing, especially when you're just taking off, etc., etc. Um, and it's, you can barely hear it, if you like, in amongst all the other stuff that's going on there. And as where this was very dominant, you know, like that, you know, the flaps being um, engaged or attracted. Yeah, or, remember, you know, yeah, moved. Yeah, moved. That, that was noisier than the engine. Was actually noisy. I mean, is it as quiet as it has certainly appeared on the audio that, yeah, that we're listening I, it, there? It was, and I mean, I was sitting directly over the wing, so that's why you could hear the flaps. You know, right. more uh, normal, perhaps. But yeah, the the engine sound and also the pitch of the engine as well uh, was was very different to to other aircraft and obviously the a350 is very slippery aircraft so from, mm. you know, aer aerodynamically speaking yeah it's extremely efficient as well um, but I could not get over uh, the smoothness of the flight obviously that's you know weather dependent as well but also just how, how quiet the whole thing was so it made for a very relaxing trip indeed mm. uh, Chris Griggs was saying in the chat room here he wished that more uh, uh, aircraft had external cameras feeding into the IFE which I, yeah. I, I have to say I, I'm yeah. amazed that's a trick that more airlines haven't sort of well, picked Emir up on Emirates actually. do it Qantas do it as well mm. um, yeah. I'm trying to think whether Oman Air do as well. I don't think Oman bit, Air do. Bit of love for the Concorde, obviously, that appeared briefly in the video there as well, um, Ness. Yes, they've, they've uh, washed it as well since I last went oh, past. Oh, that's it, good of them. It was looking a bit unloved last time <laughs> I saw it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's great. It, Actually, it, yeah. one of the questions, Nev, I, I, I was going to ask you about, about your flight was, um, obviously, we all talk about the passenger experience and, and part of the passenger experience on a long-haul flight is using the... Um, the facilities. Oh, I just wonder what, what uh, whether you had a chance to view the facilities whilst on this flight. I did, and I've got to say that um, the compartment was slightly bigger than I was expecting. Okay. Um, yeah. uh, because so often, I mean, take the A Airbus A320 for example. That you know, it's it's not a huge loo in there, but uh, it was a, a, a much um, well in in other. Uh, aircraft, you've kind of got to decide what you're going to do before you mm. go in. Yeah, if you right. Yes. Whereas yeah. in this aircraft, uh, if you change your mind halfway through, then you could. Right. That. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Chat, d d d decisions have to be made on whether you back in or, or walk in. Uh, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, we've, we're in the gutter. Uh, A fantastic piece, Nev. Thank yeah. You well done, Nev. Time, as always. Thank you for that. And don't forget, uh, for those of you listening to the show, watching the show on YouTube, or listening to the show through one of the various apps. If you uh, have taken a flight on an airline or mm. a flight on an Why aircraft not? that you would like to talk to us about, get in touch with the show. Yeah. Uh, you know the uh, podcast uh, uh, at plaintalkinguk.com. Go on the uh, and email us and uh, get in touch with us, put you in touch with Nev, and Nev will... Uh, well, he'll get get together with you and yeah. uh, record a little segment. You can uh, speak, yeah, to, speak, you know, tell us all about it on the show. Definitely great. Yeah. So we are going to move on to the next segment on the show then, as sent in by Armando for this week. Because even though he's not here, he's still very much working very hard for the show. So he sent us in this week's military news story. So if everyone's ready, yeah, yeah, let's go. Yeah. So it's the big news that's obviously been hitting 
all the news feeds this week and uh, this one is on the af.mil uh, website and uh, well it's the hurricane and uh, the mm. ACC maintains readiness through hurricane preparation so joint airbase Langley this is so air combat command airmen are responding to the danger presented by Hurricane Dorian as it moves along the east coast of the US. More than 150 aircraft have evacuated inland to protect the billions of taxpayer dollars invested in the US Air Force fleet. Uh, aircraft from Joint Base Langley, Eustace Shaw Air Force Base, South Carolina, Moody Air Force Base and Robbins Air Force Base, Georgia and Seymour Johnson Air Force Base, North Carolina began evacuating to inland bases on September the 2nd. Uh, the wing leadership who owns those assets, the F-22 Raptor, the F-16CM Fighting Falcon, the T-38 Talon, the E-8C Joint Surveillance Target Attack System aircraft and the A-10 Thunderbolt II have specific actions they take at certain hours before a storm. For this hurricane season, the Air Force has taken steps to better prepare for the weather threats after the damage caused by major natural disasters of the 2018 Hurricane Michael, which destroyed most of uh, Tyndall Air Force Base in Florida in October 2018, and flooding at the Offutt Air Force Base, Nebraska have alerted senior Air Force leaders and Congress to the growing danger of weather-related asset damage. As a result, ACC developed a severe weather readiness action team to perform deep anal analytic dive into the weather events across the nation. This team, headed up by Lieutenant General Chris Wegerman, uh, ACC Deputy Commander, evaluated actions and evaluation success to determine press practices to uh, share with bases throughout the command. He said that we've issued a planning directive to all ACC units, which basically puts into place the things they need to do to plan for the posting uh, actions they need to have done ahead of time, he said. Instead of the hurricane condition Huracan framework that we've used for years, we're proposing a H-U-R-R-Y or H -U -R -R -Y framework, which is a great word, but it's actually hurricane ready. Ready is the watchword in ACC as units are forced to contend with the danger posed by weather while at the same time remaining focused on the threat of peer, near-peer enemy combatants. Reclaiming combat readiness degraded by decades of mensive deployment schedules and budgetary uncertainty has been an area of intense focus over the last year. Increased congressional funding has yielded improved readiness and has showed that as we prepared our bases for Dorian, said General Mike Holmes, ACC commander. Now, uh, following this story, there's been so many people affected by this hurricane yeah. in the US and so many homes have been destroyed. Yeah. And um, I know that uh, obviously our, our legend that is Armando, who's not with us this week, mm. uh, has been on uh, standby all week um, with, uh, with, yeah, yeah, with his, his team. Um, the, the, the words have gone now, what I was going to say. The... Uh, who, who Armando flies for the oh we were talking about it before we start the show and now my mind's gone completely I can't remember blank. what I have for breakfast mate so there's no point in looking at me uh, it's the air corps or whatever it is that he flies isn't it the um, um, the equivalent of the um, the air national guard the air national some, guard something national like guard. that isn't it yeah. Armando anyway, you, you Armando will be correct here. us He'll next week yeah, absolutely but Armando's been on, you know, he's been in uh, you know been on standby, standby isn't he? Yeah. Um, for this mm. to, to be called out and stuff yeah well, and, uh, I, you know, it, 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 these things are always awful, aren't they? I mean, you know, the death toll is going to be 
awful. I, I'm, did you I'm did sure. you did you get a chance to see the the satellite the video they played of the hurricane? You know they do those satellite images and they have all the color coded satellite images. I saw stuff. the picture that Trump had in his office. I don't oh, know if okay. that's the one you're no, referring I, I, to. I saw the one on on, the, on an official <laughs> where site. somebody had drawn something on with a sharpie. Oh, but no, anyway, no. that's an, that's another yeah. story. It was a, it's huge. It was a, a massive. Yeah. This yeah. storm is just it was category five huge. at one point. Wasn't yeah. it? it was a big storm. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think it's I think it's downgraded now to a category one as things mm. stand at the moment. So it's uh, the worst. Hopefully, <laughs> is over for everyone. But yeah, uh, yeah nevertheless, uh, if you know. If uh, anybody is listening who's in that area, we hope all is well and mm. uh, yeah. uh, everybody can get back on their feet and uh, up and... Oh, Civil Air Patrol, Dr. Civil Steph. Air Patrol. Yeah, thank Steph. you, Steph. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Civil God, Air thank Patrol. God Steph's in here. I know, absolutely. Yeah, Civil Air Patrol. There we yeah, go. Yeah, so, um, well, yeah, Well done, Armando. Yeah. So next story is on the Font Perfect Flight Global uh, site, Matt. Yes, absolutely. Flight Global, obviously, is the website, and it is Canada's options for a new fighter have narrowed to three with the formal withdrawal of the Eurofighter Typhoon oh. from the competition. In a statement on the 30th of August, the UK Ministry of Defence, the MOD, and Airbus Defence and Space announced that the Typhoon would not compete for the 88 fighter deal. This whittles contestants down to just three, the Boeing FA-18EF, Super Hornet, uh, the Lockheed Martin F-35A and the Saab Gripen. Uh, Saab, in response to a query from Flight Global, states that it is still analysing the 23rd July request for the proposals. In a joint statement, the MOD and Airbus lulled uh, Lord, the transparency and professional nature of the competition. However, two key factors ruled out further participation. Uh, the partners indicate compliance with US-Canadian security agreements would add too great a cost to aircraft whose manufacturing and supply bases reside outside North America, and the international offset element in the RFP poorly valued the package on offer with the Typhoon. Uh, the departure of a second contender followed the withdrawal of the Dassault Raphael, um, or the Raffle, sorry, uh, Raphael, Raphael yeah. uh, which was not listed as a potential supplier in the July RFP. The Typhoon's exit is not the first indication of difficulties over the procurement. Uh, shortly before the RFP was issued, Boeing was forced to deny that it was pulling the FA-18EF from the contest amid concerns, apparently shared by Airbus, that the competition would unfairly favour the F-35A. Uh, Lockheed has also argued that it cannot provide offsets because Canadian companies have already received over $1 billion in contracts despite being a member of the Joint, fight, uh, the joint Strike Fighter Programme with initial plans to buy 65 of the f 35 35's Ottawa, uh, Ottawa has dithered about the acquisition over the past decade. A contract award is expected in early 2022, with the first aircraft delivery as early as 2025. Ottawa has warned, uh, has wanted to buy 18 Super Hornets to fill a capacity gap, um, or sorry, a capability gap, uh, but this is uh, this possibly collapsed amid a 2017 trade dispute uh, with the US in, in initiated by Boeing against the then Bombardier C-Series program, which has subsequently become the Airbus A220. Instead, Canada entered a deal with Australia to buy up to 25 surplus FA-18AB's classic Hornets. The move is intended to temporarily shore up its ageing fleet of 85 CF-18 fighters. Do you know, while you're doing that story, Matt, 
and uh, you, you were you reading. were checking in more flights online. No, no I wasn't oh, right. checking okay. in. No, I've done my I've done my <laughs> checking online for flights. Oh, very good. <laughs> that sto- that story, the beginning of that story, mate. You said about that um, they'd they'd binned off the mm. uh, Eurofighter Typhoon, which did surprise, surprise me a little me. bit. Yeah, absolutely. But I was just doing a little bit of delving into the prices mm. of um, these aircraft: the Typhoon, the F eighteen, um, the F thirty five, and the Saab Gripen, and. According to the figures that I've got here in front of me, the, the most expensive one is the Eurofighter Typhoon. So I is wonder it? whether oh, I wonder okay. whether the uh, you know they've kind of Canada has sort of said you know Ouch. we're not we're not no, paying no. your prices. Yeah, because um, there's quite a big yeah, difference. but nobody pays list prices. I know do no they? one pays I mean, list prices. <laughs> but when you when you consider that the the apparent price of a Eurofighter Typhoon, according to the sites that I use, right. is around ninety million. Dollars cheap at half the price. Um, there's the, quite a big drop between that and the price of an F A eighteen because it's about twenty million dollars cheaper. Right. Okay. Which is quite a big saving. It is certainly mm. per aircraft. Nev, we're <laughs> charging too much for our aircraft here <laughs> in the UK and Europe. Yeah, that is possibly true. Although, of course, uh, with the current um, currency situation, it's probably very attractive to. Well, buy that's true. Uh, anything yeah. from the UK, I would have thought at the moment. Absolutely, couldn't agree with more. Uh, dig us out of this hole, will you, please, Nev? <laughs> so, Nev, come on, bring us, bring us back with this uh, this next story about this absolutely awesome aircraft, which I would love to see. Mm. This is great, isn't it? It's on the warbirdnews.com website, and it says that the B-29 Dock is to embark on a West Coast tour with first stops in Albuquerque and Phoenix. Uh, in a recent press statement, Dock's Friends, the organisation which owns operates and maintains the Boeing B-29 Super Fortress, known as Dock, has announced that the aircraft will bring its uh, B-29 Dock flight experience and ground display tour to Albuquerque, New Mexico and Phoenix, Arizona during mid-September. Dock will arrive at Qatar Aviation at Albuquerque International Sunport on uh, Thursday, September the 12th and will be available for B-29 Dock flight experience rides as well as ground and flight deck tours uh, on Friday, September the 13th through to Sunday the 15th. Uh, the tour stops in Phoenix, Arizona, and will be hosted by Cutter Aviation at Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport from uh, Tuesday, uh, September the 17th, through to Wednesday the 18th. Uh, they say that we are excited to land in New Mexico and Arizona to give warbird enthusiasts uh, in the southwest the unique opportunity to see one of only two remaining B-29 superfortresses, says Josh Wells who's uh, Doc's friends, general manager and executive director. Those who visit will get an up-close and one-of-a-kind look at history and learn more about our mission of honouring the greatest generation, whilst educating future generations about our nation's history. We feel that partnering with Qatar Aviation, the oldest family-owned and operated FBO network in the world, seems like a fitting kickoff to our first West Coast tour. Meanwhile, details uh, on the full West Coast tour schedule for dock in September and early October are still being planned. Albuquerque and Phoenix are just the first two stops on the tour that depart Wichita on September the 12th, well said. We're still finalizing multiple stops in California, which will include the area near where dock was rescued 
from the Mojave Desert and China Lake Naval Station. Uh, details on those tour stops will be announced very soon. Well, if you want to find out more about this, you can go to www.b29doc.com forward slash rides. That's www.b29doc.com forward slash rides. And uh, that will give you details of when the aircraft is going to be around and what you can do to get tickets for it. But uh, it looks absolutely magnificent, doesn't it? It's uh, yeah, I have really, to, I have really to agree. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable shape. And it's great that they've still got a, a couple. Uh, oh, definitely. Dark. I totally agree with Jonathan Warner in chat room uh, because I would also very much like to fly on dock. I think for me, Nev, it's just that, that polished, um, polished fuselage I think just looks so bloody good, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Huh? That's so good. I used to love the old American Airlines um, yeah. livery. Have you seen the caravans that are like that as well? The, the, yeah, the, the Airstreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Airstreams, I yeah. Those, yeah. 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 I just think that whole polished, you know, um, for our American listeners, aluminum uh, look looks I'm sorry, amazing. What? Aluminium. Much better. Thank, Thank you. you. Never do that again. All right. Uh, <laughs> so I, I just love the polished aluminium. Much um, well done. Keep, keep, uh, keep it coming. Good. Well done. Yeah. yeah, I think Doc should come over here. Come and do a yeah, tour. Definitely. Of the, uh, yeah, definitely. Come on, the Red Arrows are over there. Over there. Yeah, we want Doc. Off. You <laughs> have the Red Arrows. We'll have Doc. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's good. So thanks, uh, Armando, for uh, putting those stories together for us this week on the show. So moving on to the next part of the show, then, and uh, we have uh, another one of our interviews uh, from uh, Biggin Hill. So Matt, what is I knew coming you were up? Do that to me. I I've know. Got no idea. I love it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically, uh, you you, uh, you you chatted to uh, a lovely couple of gentlemen from uh, the EFG Flight Training School mm. that's based in Biggin Hill, uh, and you had a little, little yeah, chat. Yeah, but scholarships they have. There. Is it scholarships? Yeah, it's yeah. scholarships. Okay. Yeah, this is really good. Yeah, uh, anyway, uh, Carlos chats to Joshua and Alan. So at Biggin Hill Festival of Flight, and uh, the sun's still shining, and I've been joined here by uh, Joshua and Alan. Joshua and Alan, hello, welcome to the show. Uh, good to uh, meet you two guys. So uh, tell me a bit about your background. Uh, what are you doing here at Biggin Hill? So I'm part of the Nick Davidson Memorial Flying Scholarship. I won a scholarship for this year and I'm representing EFG at the moment and basically just letting people know why they want to get a career in aviation and what they can do about that. So, so you're in the basis or the process of, of gaining a PPL? or? Yeah, yeah. So I've started my training in June and I've done my exams and hopefully soon we'll get my licence in the next few weeks. So. Oh, sounds like fun. So how far are you through the, the training process? So I've currently been doing my circuits. I've done a bit of navigation and I've done seven of my exams so far. And so what I've got to do now is my solo and my cross country and then take it from there with my skills test. And how are you finding all the uh, exams and the training? The exams aren't too bad. The training is about the practicality as well. So it's good to practice as much as you can beforehand, get yourself familiar with what you're going to be doing and then you can pursue it a bit more and you'd be a lot better that way. And the future plans after you've uh, passed? So future plans, I believe either the modular route or integrated route. I'm not 100% sure exactly where I'm going to go from there, but I ideally I think the modular route for now. And if an integrated route comes about, then taking it from there. Excellent. So yourself, what, uh, what brings you here to Biggin Hill? Uh, so again, I'm, I'm with the scholarship. I, I won the scholarship last year. Um, I'm currently um, just waiting my skills tests. So I've done all the exams. Um, I've done my cross country, done my navigation, so it's pretty good. Um, 
I eventually want to go to sort of the uh, commercial route, probably down the modular route, just purely because of costs. Um, again, trying to work many hours on the side to try and fund it, but uh, probably, like most of your viewers, probably in the same sort of situation. So, yeah. So one of the biggest things we talk about on the show with, with you know, pilots learning to fly is the cost. You know, how has that been for you guys as, you know, learning to fly? Um, I think for the scholarship, when you're very fortunate position because a lot of it's covered, um, I've gone over uh, slightly, so I've decided to fund it myself to give other people an opportunity with uh, more funds towards them. But um, I think if you've got the willpower to do it, you know, I work sort of 70 hour weeks. It's a, it's a lot of hours. It is a lot of hours. But if you really want to do something, put your mind to it, you can do it. 100%. So, 100%. so I started off in gliding, which is a lot cheaper compared to, yeah. you know, with the aircraft here. So um, it gives you like a good fundamental as well with how to fly as well. And just to take from there as well, like you can also do a bit of part-time work as well to build up your, get more money for your hours as well. So that's excellent. So future-wise, you know, going forward towards the airlines as such, who in your mind, who would be the the ultimate airline you'd love to go and you know join up with, given the given the chance? To. I was going to say I'll, I'll take any airline, any job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think maybe something like Emirates or. British Airways, um, and if Gary's listening, who's the, one of the uh, trustees of the scholarship, uh, obviously EasyJet. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly what he said, pretty much. <laughs> EasyJet all the way. <laughs> so uh, we have this big divide on the show as such with, uh, with aircraft manufacturers, Boeing and Airbus. Um, you know, some love Boeing and some love the Airbus. Obviously, at the moment, things are quite heated in that discussion, but Boeing or Airbus? Oh, very difficult. Um, despite what's happened with Boeing at the moment, I'd probably still steer towards Boeing, um, just hands-on flying rather than joystick, but that's what I know. Mm. I'd like to say something different, I'll say... <laughs> oh, here you go. Pick, split, pick split, someone split else in, yeah. Just to be different, just to be different, I'll say Airbus, actually. The okay. A380 is actually quite like that as well, so... Yeah, that's a fair shout. Mm. So is it fair to say you're both sort of lovers of the commercial aviation side more, more than sort of military and, and GA as such? I think my beliefs, personally, yeah, I'm not into too much of the warfare side of things, and I think, yeah, commercial sort of travel will be, be the way to go. Yeah, same. So having considered it, I think commercial is what I'm looking for yeah. down the line. Yeah. So uh, we'll wrap up quickly then because you know you guys have got a busy schedule ahead. So one of the questions we always ask pilots and everyone we interview on the show, and it's a kind of put you on the spot question, um, oh, don't, don't panic, um, <laughs> is given the chance to, to fly any aircraft, albeit commercial, military, GA, retired or still flying in service, given that chance to fly that one aircraft, what would it be? Oh... It's got to be either the Eurofighter or, uh, yeah, I'm going to say the Eurofighter. I just think that's, that'd be crazy. I know I'm going back to military aircraft, but <laughs> yeah. that's, just, that's just on another level. You can pick a commercial as well, if you like. Uh, commercial, probably the Dreamliner. I've been on the Dreamliner, the 787. Despite the problems, it's a lovely-looking aircraft. I think it's very, very modern. And it was it the, the Airbus, um, oh, what is it? I've gone blank. Um, the new one they just released. 350, that's yeah. it, yeah, definitely. 350 looks very, very modern. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. If I'm going to, I'll actually just talk about military then. For yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my first flight was actually in the Tiger Moth, and oh, I wow. love that. Um, so I think if I was to pick something now, I'd say the Spitfire, because I've seen it around so much, but I've never actually gotten a flight in there, so I think I'd love to get a flight in there. And something commercial? Commercial? Um, so a bit different to you, let's see. I'll say the 777, because I've flown yeah, it quite a lot, and it'd choice. be nice, actually. Very yeah. nice choice, yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, thanks, guys, for taking time out to speak to us today on the show. It's been great to speak to you, and I'm sure the listeners will enjoy uh, listening to uh, what you've had to say. And, uh, yeah, thanks, and have a great day. Enjoy yourselves. Thank you very much. Enjoy the show, guys. Thank thanks you. for the opportunity. Oh, what lovely gentlemen they no, were. I know, they were great. Yeah, absolutely. We, we literally just pounced on them while they were in the did, yeah. media tent. Yeah, they only came for a drink. <laughs>
<laughs> came oh, for a glass of came water. Came for a sandwich <laughs> and we uh, yeah. just uh, accosted a bit. Uh, yeah, just said, absolutely. do this interview. Yeah, Speak to absolutely. me. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Interesting that the Eurofighter, that's the first time it, I that I've heard of military yeah, yeah. aircraft being yeah. chosen as, as the well, ultimate the aircraft. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah, that was yeah. quite refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're, they're a really good couple of guys, and um, obviously Matt was putting the uh, screenshots of the the uh, EFG the website, school yeah, website yeah. on there. But uh, and uh, yeah, if, if anybody's interested and they want to have a look at it, the website is www.flyefg.co.uk. That's yeah. flyefg.co.uk. I had a look at the website. There are loads of details on stuff and bits mm. and pieces on there about how to uh, to obtain your PPL if you are living in the UK, yeah. uh, in and around the Biggin Hill area. They do provide a full. Package mm. Lots of chat about your muff in uh, there again, Nev. It's you can always rely on the chat room. <laughs> yes, it, it, it's uh, it's always a subject of discussion. It uh, is, and uh, it does actually come with a small comb. Uh, so that does I it? Yes. weather conditions. Well, one yeah. should always have a neat muff. Very true. Indeed. Very true. Absolutely. And on that bombshell. And on that bombshell. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, going back to our... I'm just trying to find... Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, so we had uh, a very nice email from uh, a listener this week yeah. who uh, sent us an email. We've had a good and, week. Uh, we've had a good actually. week. Yeah, yes, yeah. So uh, we're going to say a big hello to uh, Mark Bramley, who sent us uh, an email in uh, saying that he loves the podcast. That's always a good uh, That's good a good start. start. Good it's a bit start. like Steve Wright, isn't it, where he's uh, loved the show. He, yes. I know. <laughs> and uh, apparently, the, uh, apparently we keep him company on his long runs. So, oh, uh, so well, uh, we're very pleased about that. Right. So, yeah. He must be... Uh, I'm sure our continuous talking of food all the time oh, must be a real help for him while he's it, it sounds to me like mark would get on well with dr steph yes or yeah, indeed your running. wife who's also obsessed with running so uh, <laughs> mark says uh, in his email he says that he's flown uh, he's flown uh, recently from southampton to manchester and uh, two thoughts had crossed his mind on the short flight first was two of the people sat near me were clearly on their phones during the flight sending and receiving messages Cool. Uh, he says that with your recent coverage of BA buying iPhones for its staff to use on flights, does it mean that it's now safe to use a phone in the air and are cabin staff Ooh. less concerned about this issue or is it just difficult to spot when people are using them and that's why the rules are not enforced? That is, that's yeah, a good, good point. point. Good yeah. point. Secondly, bearing in mind the route I was flying, there are uh, any need to include a safety briefing about using a life jacket. I guess that unless we land in a pond or some, uh, someone's <laughs> swimming pool, there's not going to be much need for it. Uh, I guess, to be fair, you can't really adjust the, the safety briefing <laughs> to, to make it specific to the route that you're doing. Uh, I guess. Um, but he says, keep up the great work. So thank you very much, Mark Bramley, for your mm. email. Very, very, very nice indeed to hear from you. And if you want to uh, send an email into the show, like Mark has done, we'd love to hear from you and hear what uh, you've been doing in your exploits with airlines and aircraft Indeed. so uh, yeah send them into uh, podcast at plain talking uk.com now i was having a chat with uh, dr steph uh, earlier in the were week. you yes i was and uh, she'd gone i think it was last weekend had decided that she was going to go off you know how she likes to go off on a random jolly uh, oh, you know, right. to go off somewhere so uh, anyway she 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 flew into canada and met up with a couple of friends no. Hi, Matt and Carlos and Nev and Armando. It's Dr. Steph here, and I am actually in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, sitting here next to the lovely Liz Piper, who's the producer for our show. And the reason I am here in town today was to see the, what was the official name of it, Liz? The Canadian International Air Show. 
There you have it, the Canadian International Air Show. And international in the sense that not only was it the snowbirds that were the headliners, but the Red Arrows were also here as part of their North American tour. And um, so Liz, what were your impressions of the air show? Um, any part of it? Hi guys. Okay, first of all, I have to say, forget the air show for a moment. It was so great that Steph came all the way up to see it and, and we got to spend some time together because she hung out with me here at my place. And then Steve and Ivy came up too. Yep. So, I mean, as it always is for me, apart from the airplanes, it's about the people. So we had a great time hanging out together. Now, the air show, it's been going since the 40s sometime. I think this was like the 70th. This was the 70th anniversary right. of the air show. Yeah. So it's been going a long time, and I used to go quite often as a kid. I haven't been there for a long time. Oh, it's changed a bit. In terms of the setup of the air show, I was not impressed. They're cramming a lot of people into a small area. They're selling some premium tickets, which has cut off the really best viewing areas from, from us, the great unwashed, that didn't pay the big bucks. And the announcing, we couldn't hear it at all. So that was kind of a disappointment. Yeah, you could hear very occasionally from one of the islands they, were, they had... Um the announcements happening and if the wind was blowing the right direction you could kind of hear what they were saying but it was few and far between and hard to know exactly what the announcers were saying for the air show unfortunately so i guess my overall impression is <laughs> i think we were all suffering from post oshkosh letdown you know the three of us had all been to oshkosh within about the last six weeks or so and the amount of amazing flying and planes and performances that you see there, you just can't help but draw a comparison with something else. So I'll, I'll be quite honest with you. It was kind of like, oh, like that's it? The, it was great seeing the Red Arrows. Their precision is amazing. The Red Arrows and the, and the Snowbirds actually fly, I think, very similar shows. Mm -hmm. um, and I was really glad we went to see it. But the overall show... I, I, as I said, for I think we've all, you know, the three of us that have had a consensus that unfortunately it just, you know, after Oshkosh didn't measure up, sadly. Yeah, you know, and it was kind of surprising. We we got there and we kind of thought it would start with some of the smaller aircraft first or some of the lesser known things. Um, but right off the bat, it was the Red Arrows. Um, so we really kind of weren't in good position to actually watch them because we thought we had some time to kind of meander and walk around. They didn't do a good job, I think, of um, publicizing who was going to be flying at what times. So we kind of assumed the headliners would actually be the headliners at the end. Uh, which was not the case. But anyway, um, it was it was good to see the Red Arrows. I, I do think they put on a good show. It was a beautiful setting. The the lakefront there on Toronto, um, in Toronto on Lake Ontario is just gorgeous. And we had amazing weather. Like we really couldn't have asked for any better today. It was, um, I don't know, what was it in Celsius? 21, it was like 22, 22 so, yeah. Celsius, so 70-ish Fahrenheit. And mostly sunny, just a few clouds in the sky every once in a while made a really nice backdrop for, you know, especially with the red arrows and all the uh, different colored smoke, the red, white, and blue, or whatever order color you want to uh, to put it in. And um, same thing with the snowbirds. They were really, really great. Some other good demonstrations with some of the um, water rescue from uh, the helicopters. 
there were a couple A10 performers, um, MIG. the MIG-15, I think, I think so, yeah. and then the CF-18, right. yes, the Hornet. Yeah. The Hornet. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just, just overall a really nice show, kind of um, kind of slower paced. But, again, I think that's just our post-Oshkosh uh, letdown. And things seem to be a little far away. But, again, things were so close at Oshkosh, it's hard to uh, not make that comparison. So, overall, great day, though. Great company. Really good to see Steve and Ivy. Excellent to see Liz. Um, my thanks again for the hospitality. And I'll have to get back up to Toronto sometime, I think. I hope so. Anyway, guys, thanks for asking us to give you our impressions, and there you go. We had a super day, and um, I couldn't have been happier to have uh, Stephen and Steph come up for a little visit. So anytime you guys want to come over, Nev can tell you. We have a nice city here, so come on over. Okay, guys, talk to you soon. I assume she's not lying. Cheers obviously. back to y'all in the studio. <laughs> Sorry, Steph. Didn't mean to cut you off there. Uh, oh. yeah, absolutely. Well, it sounds. I, 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 part of me, I, I guess, I, I, this is the trouble, isn't it? I, I suppose Oshkosh is one of those things, isn't it? Which, you know, it's all on our bucket list, isn't it? We're all desperate to get there one year. And I suppose it, it, when, when you have essentially been to the ultimate air show, I, I guess everything's always going to be a bit sort of maybe, yeah. not a letdown, I suppose. But it's yeah. you know perhaps if it had been the other way around, if they'd gone to the red or the dead sparrows as Jonathan Warner has just called yeah, them, uh, yeah. <laughs> going to go and see them and then and then go to Oshkosh, perhaps you wouldn't feel quite quite so bad. I mean, obviously you've been to visit Liz. I mean, it's a beautiful part of the world, isn't it, Nev? Oh yeah, it's uh, absolutely marvellous. And uh, John Brown uh, took me flying as well, which was even nicer. So I, I saw Toronto from the air, uh, which was great. Oh, wow. You know, yeah. Going the, the CN Tower and uh, taking off and landing at the city airport there. But uh, yeah, it's a fantastic city. And uh, Sue and I will definitely be back. Be back. It, was, uh, yeah. it was a real treat. And also, what was even nicer for us to spend time with Liz. So yeah, good definitely. So that was, yeah, uh, really that, nice. that's... Uh, it's definitely on my bucket list. I've got family in 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 Canada as well, so I've got uh, Canada. Yeah, Canada. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a family in Vancouver. Not in Canada. In Canada. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Indeed. Anyway, uh, thank no, you very great. much, yeah, Dr. Steph that, and Liz, for sending that in. It was great, and thanks for the videos as well. Um, yeah. uh, you'll have to go to the YouTube channel if you want to catch those. But basically, just um, some. It's some good of to the, see uh, Stephen as well. Enjoying yeah, himself. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You no, know, it, it's all begun. So thanks very much for that. That is where we have to bring episode number two hundred and eighty-five. Not quite yet. To a why? What are you up to now? Well, social media links, uh, all the usual stuff we put at the end of the show. If you'd have let me finish. Okay, uh, come on. <laughs> I'm getting you back. So You've done this to yeah, me I a few did, weeks back. Absolutely. Okay, yeah, yeah. carry so, on. Yeah, you know, if you would, uh, you know, that is <laughs> where we bring episode number 285 to a close. Oh. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you'll find us available on social media by searching for A Plain Talking UK. Our email address is pl uh, podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. Uh, and uh, it is, uh, you've completely put me off now, it is <laughs> www.plaintalkinguk.com. If you'd like to go and buy t-shirt or uh, don't forget if you want to contribute to the show um you you can subscribe to be a patron you can use paypal and also uh you can do your shopping via amazon uh I do. and uh, uh, that uh, generates uh, what we call like an advertising revenue link and that generates some money for the show without you having to actually give us physical money i did i did yesterday i, I purchased some headphones for the holiday did you yes right. using our using our did, amazon link did you well yep. done you thank uh, you that's excellent news obviously uh, nev does the same every week yeah. 
<laughs> well, yes, so I try to. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, yes. Uh, so, what have you? What are you up to next week, then, Nev? Anything exciting? Well, I'm off to Newcastle on <gasps> Tuesday, and I thought, ah, oh, it's the first time actually going to an appointment which is within about three miles of the airport. Right. So thought, <laughs> I'll, I'll just book myself a flight, a BA flight from Heathrow to Newcastle. But no, it's the day of the strike. Oh, oh no! Oh no! So, uh, no uh, tier points for Uncle Nev. No. Uh, or <laughs> so I should be doing the six hundred mile oh, road trip in the car. Uh, yeah. Ouch! I assume the banana is back on the road. Of course, it is. I'm pleased to say, yes. Yeah. Uh, You're not do doing you... it in your Corsa. Uh, no, that, that would. That would I, I did. That. <laughs> yes. Uh, now we're all back to uh, firing on four four cylinders, literally. Good. Oh, well, that's that's great news. <laughs> that's good. Uh, so, uh, Carlos, we all know what you're up to. Yes, yes. For those of you who. Uh... Want to uh, uh, well find stalk me, me. stalk me on uh, <laughs> Flight Radar Twenty Four. I'll be flying out of Luton Airport on Sunday morning on a fine Ryanair flight to Luca Airport in Malta on Sunday. So I'm looking forward to that because I mm. really, really. Am and when are you flying back? You're flying back into Luton as well. Flying back into Luton the following Saturday. Saturday yeah, but this is um, more obviously because this won't. The audio version won't be released till the no, Sunday, so you'll no. already be there. Yeah. You'll you'll hopefully be by the pool. Uh, yeah, when this I, is released. I, yeah, we we've but we've we've taken a right chunk out of the uh, out, of, out of the savings pot this year for me and uh, me and Gemma, and we're going to go all inclusive. Just so, just Get so you. we can uh, just so we can eat both and drink. be very lazy. Uh, well, yeah. I say eat and drink. Gemma will just drink her usual water and, Tap water, and eat yes. dust yeah. and yeah. the usual <laughs> um, healthy rubbish. That, uh, you, uh, however, will eat enough for three. I will be yeah. drinking <laughs> beer from ten a.m. <laughs> <laughs> until 10 in the evening um, right but uh, yeah so i'm looking forward to uh obviously uh perhaps we should do an mpe segment when i come back oh absolutely about, uh, my flight uh, yeah in uh, in the yeah absolutely why don't you do what nev did and take a bit of footage of what's <laughs> on the plane <laughs> oh, God you know, i mean you're not going to be sat anywhere near your wife oh, by the sound of it because no, you've made sure of that no, at the top of the no. show so <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I can officially say that I have checked in. The seats are booked. Mm. Uh, thanks to Matt for allowing me to use his uh, piece of plastic to pay for my uh, my upgraded seat, um, if you call it that, an upgraded seat. Anyway. <laughs> so, what are you up to next week, Mr. Smith? Are I, you coaching? I genuinely have no idea. Oh, hold on. Let me let me think. <laughs> next week, you'll be living in my house. Oh yes, yes. I'm on poppycat um, duties next yeah, week. Yeah, Matt absolutely. will be looking after after the house uh, next week. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So party party around Carlos's house. <laughs> and he and he. Matt that's really Matt's quite excited because he's got full use of the TriStar van. All I next have, week. yes, I am actually quite excited about that. It's going to be quite nice to have my own wheels for a yes, change. Yes. Yeah, absolutely, yes, because we're currently a car down in the family at the moment. Uh, oh, well, enjoy yourself yeah, next the week. The FTO is having please. some maintenance, some enjoy urgent yourself. maintenance. So um, I won't, uh, I won't be on the show next no. week. But make sure you tune in next Friday for the show where uh, Matt, Nev, and Armando, I'm sure, will look after you all. We'll with, do our best, uh, won't we, Nev? Yeah, yeah, we'll be there. Yeah. So that is where we bring the show to a close. Big thanks to everyone who's joined us tonight via YouTube and everyone who downloads the show via the Audio Realms, iTunes, etc., etc. So take care. Have a great weekend. Whatever you're doing, have a safe weekend. And uh, yeah, and have have a wonderful time. From so. all of us here in the studio and from Buckinghamshire, it's time to say goodbye. Say bye, everyone. Bye. bye.